Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from the corner of no hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. And yes, tonight, it's their legendary All Hallows Eve drinking and smoking and drinking some more and then going bananas extravaganza. Catchy name, huh? Anywho, this evening the gang slips and slides their way through the truly horrific, and not in a good way, 2019 cinematic abomination that is the Banana Splits movie, while pounding down a terrifying amount of pints of Golden Drock 9000 quadruple beer paired with the Wyndham Hills Mayhem Cigar and the Black Diamond Radiant Cigar. I'm guessing our table of so-called pairing experts thought tonight's movie would provide lots of mayhem and turn out to be a real diamond in the rough. It just goes to show you how little these assholes really know about anything. But we're not here to learn, folks. We're here to party. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. And all of you, have a very happy Halloween. Tut, hustle your ass over here. I got something I need to talk about. I want to take a quick moment here at the top of the show to address some emails I've received over the last few days regarding our previous episode, number 103. Well, if you'll remember, we reviewed some several. We reviewed several Southern Draw cigars, drank some Lake beers, discussed Friday Thirteen Part Five. It's fun night. Really fun episode. Doctor uh, was here for his birthday, uh-huh. but due to an unavoidable technical snafu, as they call it in the snafu in the podcast world, we weren't able to capture any of it on video. So it became our first show in years that folks had to listen to only, rather than having the option to watch it on our YouTube channel. And they were not happy. Here's a sampling of what some rather upset TNCC fans are saying. I got some of the emails here. Dear TNCC, what the hell is going on? I jump on your YouTube channel to watch the latest episode, just like I do every other Tuesday, and there's no freaking video, you guys. I'll try to listen to it on iTunes, I guess, but watching Cade crack open beers with his muscular arms is one of my favorite aspects of the show. Not happy. I 
didn't put their full. That's Jack T sent that in. Yeah. Got another one. Dear TNCC, no video for episode 103. Are you kidding me? Watching Cade do his thing in the corner of No Hope every other Tuesday is, due to a rare medical condition, the only way I'm able to achieve orgasm while pleasuring myself. No Cade equals no jollies for me. Get your act together, you clowns. This one signed, Pissed Off in Santa Monica, Janet W. I got one more for you. Yeah, but... Dear TNCC, my boyfriend, Ralph F., again, I removed the, the names there to protect the innocent... And I love watching your YouTube episodes to help get us in the mood before we head off to the club. There's something about Cade's voice that just gets our engines running, but watching him while he talks is just pure bliss for these two gents. Severely disappointed, Larry D. Yeah, no. The floor is yours, Chuck. I'll let you explain what happened. No, the thing is, uh, that episode hasn't even come out yet. There's no possible way that just happened. You're saying that episode 103 hasn't even been no published yet. No possible way. So there's no way anybody could know about it. Nobody's seen it. So what are you saying? Nobody's seen it. I'm saying that you wrote those emails. I wrote those emails to myself. Yes. Well, they could be... The upset emailers could be time travelers from the future. Perhaps. No. No. They first, no. First of all, they would not be time travelers. Secondly, I'm going to tell you that right now, I will tell you, you wrote every single one of those because supposedly all the emailers, uh-huh. those are the characters from Three's Company. Jack T, Janet W, Oh my goodness. Ralph F. Oh, really? These... Larry D. Larry Dallas. Oh. As if I wouldn't know that Dallas was Larry's last name. Okay, so you're right. What kind of person would do something like that? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah next level crazy. Oh, wait. Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist over there. Turns out I have one more email here that I forgot to read. Where is it here? Dear TNCC, what the hell is up with Tut? I think his headphones might be on too tight, considering some of the ridiculous comments that come out of his mouth. If it weren't for Cade and his hilarious sidebars, his expert cigar knowledge, and don't get me started on that sexy beard of his, hubba hubba, I would have bailed on this show years ago. Screw you, Tut. Sincerely, S. Roper. God damn it, that's Stanley Roper. I don't get it. The landlord. The super. Well, I, I'm just bringing you guys. No, I'm kind of the conduit between the fans and you guys. No, and no, I, no. I'm the one that has to deal with this shit. No, so. no. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 104. Uh, I'm just saying Stanley Roper was pretty fucking mean there. He was. He was. Screw Don Knotts. <laughs> also, he's dead. Was that, was that back from Asian Don Knotts? Actually, he's getting us back for that? Actually, not that pff, this has anything to do with Three's Company, but Don Knotts was Mr. Furley. Might be why he's pissed off at me. Uh, Stanley Roper was the the subsequent. Who also had his own spinoff show, The Ropers. Correct. Mr. Furley's better. Again, not that it has anything. It's just a coincidence. I'm... Uh, Janet she's, W. She's coming at you from Santa Monica. They didn't live in Santa Monica. 
they, maybe they did. They completely did. It's a very special show tonight, folks, as we conclude our gigantic march to Halloween with our enormous All Hallows' Eve drinking and smoking and drinking some more and going bananas extravaganza. Going bananas? Or some shit like that. Oh. Uh, tonight, I do like Halloween, though. We do love Halloween. And tonight is, yeah, boy, it's going to be bananas. Why, why I, is it going to be bananas? Am I'm, I right? I'm excited. Of course I'm right. Um... It reminds me of the story I was thinking the other day when uh about the guy walks in the doctor's office and he's got a carrot up his nose, he's got a cucumber in his ear, and he's got a banana in his other ear. Uh, I'm scared no. to ask. He, said, he says, help me, doc. What's the matter with me? And the doctor says, oh, it's obvious. You're not eating properly. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining the TNCC this evening. Um, this is where it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> just, we had a good run, oh, boys. Me, oh, let me guess. That joke was from Three's Company? Yes, I, I ripped that off of Silver Spoons. You, you, did you? you? You just said Silver Spoons. Uh, yes. Folks, we're, we're doing a banana movie tonight. Oh, are we doing this one first? Yes. Yes, Thank we're going to do the, the Winwood. Uh, so we've got two tiny little cigars up for uh, discussion tonight. Actually, they're, they're short Robustos is what they are. They are incredibly uh, tiny actually, actually, cigars. Actually, I, I believe the Winwoods are... I believe that's technically our first cigar. You know what, folks? Every episode, what do we do? We talk cigars. Beer. Expertly paired with a beer. Beer. Expertly paired with a film. Uh, and since we've got a banana movie to do tonight, uh, I could not find a banana-themed cigar. Uh, there were some shady websites that had some stuff, but I didn't really want to give, <laughs> give them my, my PayPal information. Um, so I, I, I went kind of out of the box with my cigar pairings tonight. But we're going to do two cigars. We're going to do a, a banana beer and a banana... Uh, a banana movie for you. And, we, and we're going to go bananas. Guaranteed. We are yeah. going bananas. And you're going to get to see us this episode. Maybe. Can can we listen to Bananarama? I wish. Oh. But YouTube would kick us out if we play. We get Fritz to cover Bananarama. Oh, God, he'd do a great Cruel Summer. Oh. Now I want to hear that. <laughs> and I'm not going to continue talking until I hear that. Just for note, don't make that song. Cade will not speak anymore. Hey. Oh. hey. <laughs> so tonight's first cigar. Let's get right to it, boys. Uh, this is our last Halloween episode. This is our last horror film maybe of the year. And I, I foolishly let I you guys I, pick it. I figure right around Christmas we're going to be watching something with Krampus, but that's just me. As if there's not enough Krampus no, movies. You know, what do I know about horror movies? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, just let you, I'll let you guys... <laughs> I let History Channel face and anime nose over there uh, pick pick our last our last horror film. Not the guy who basically lives in a horror museum, 365 days of the year. No, no, no. I'll defer to you guys. Glad I did. Cigar number one: The Winwood Hills Mayhem by CLE Cigar Company. It is a four and a half by fifty Rothschild, I believe. The wrapper is Honduras uh, Yamastran. Binders Honduras, Fillers Honduras. This might be our first Honduran Puro on the Honduran show. Honduran Puro, maybe, yeah. Uh, this have hun- we done a CLE before? We have, sort of. That Remember that giant 8-inch green ogre the cigar? Ogre? Well, that was Asylum, but I think they're connected with CLE. Clever. Okay. So that's the closest we've got. Okay. Uh, I believe Asylum's a, like a branch of CLE. But yeah, that's, I'm not going to hold that against it. Gotcha. Uh, this Honduran Corojo Puro... Comes to us from the CLE Cigar Company via Famous Smoke Shop. That's where I got these. 
By the way, if you go onto the website and you click the Famous Smoke Shop banner and you order a hundred bucks or more and you click in the TNCC two zero in the promo code, you get twenty dollars off that order. Twenty off a hundred. That's twenty percent. Best promo code in the business. Uh, Winwood Hills was a brand originally formed back in 2012 as a collaboration between CLE and Robert Caldwell. But Caldwell exited the project the next year, so this puppy is all CLE. I believe it went away for a while, too. It just came back, I believe, last year in 2018. It's the first one I'm hearing of it. Uh, there's two other blends under the Winwood Hills umbrella, the Unhinged and the Deranged. Tonight we're smoking the Mayhem because that's what I was hoping tonight's movie might deliver. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if it does. Mayhem cigar, mayhem on screen. How's that for a pairing, in theory? Um, so I will talk about the second little cigar later, um, and I'll let Yak Boy do what he does best right here. Actually, you do a lot of things really good. Uh, but, you, but you also introduce our beer every episode, and I can't wait to hear about this one. It is the Golden... Drac 9000 Quadruple. That is a mouthful. Much like this beer. It is delicious. It is fucking good. Uh, the Golden Drac is made by... and Bear oh, with you me. Gotta, you gotta pronounce it right. Uh, I cannot. The, the Golden Drac? Wait. Golden Drac is Dutch for Golden Dragon. Do it. Oh. So, the... Uh, the name of the brewery what, is what brewery? Bra- Brouwerij Van Steenberg. Okay. Uh, they were uh, founded in 1784. Holy smokes! They are located in Ertveld, East Flanders, Belgium. Now, that's we, a lot of years of practice. We like we like the Belgians, correct? They're we ni- do. They're nice people. They are. They invented the waffle. I do. They invented the, they waffle. Invented the waffle. They've got some fries. Belgium French fries? Yeah, Belgium fries. Are they like French fries? I don't know. I never had. Like, no. are, we, are we talking about like waffle cut fries? Is that? Oh, those kind of cool. Oh, they like would, the Chick Fil A. Like those, the are those Belgian fries? Those no, they just call them waffle fries. Belgian but, I mean, I would call fries. them Belgian fries. Belgium made the create the waffle fries. Bel- Belgium made that, then yeah, God let's, bless let's the start Belgians. that. What else did Belgium originate? Yaks. Um, I'm not sure. They make damn good beer. They Say, make good beer. You, you told me before the show. What else did they start? Well. I don't Human think slavery. <laughs> I don't think it was them. I think that was. <laughs> it could have been them. I think that was the Dutch. They're very close, similar. They, do Belgians wear wood shoes? That's that, the Dutch. That's the, just Dutch. the Dutch. They're very close in nature. The, okay. the Belgians and those the Dutch. slavers. Yeah. No, they're nice people. I, I, I've got nothing. They got a lot going for them. They've got this delicious beer. Many other things, but we're going to talk about the beer. I was about to say, okay. I'm, I'm not going to be making fun of Belgians if the ri- they risk cutting us off. This is delicious. No, not doing it. The uh, the golden uh, drac is a as we said it is a quadruple, which um, basically uh, is very strong. This one uh, clocks in ABV wise at ten point seven. But a very low, low IBU of 25. Yeah. So, uh, typically, they are stronger. They they tend to come in with that 
red, you know, reddish. Yeah, it's beautiful color. It's a heavy beer too. Like the bottle itself. <laughs> the glass. They just, this thing. Weighs, you, the bottle weighs. You, like you, you empty out the bottle. Pounds. The bottle weighs nothing. It was all the beer. It's just a, a <laughs> so really dense, dense heavy beer. Uh, uh, the quadruple is. I mean, just just in given in the name in the strength of the beer itself, and there are other you know that falls within the same line of the double, the triple, and with this following the quadruple. Uh, and, it, and it follows the the Trappist uh, method of, of brewing to, to give it that uh, you know I thought it strong style, the dark you know, and and gives it a you know spicy yeah yeah it's got uh, that, uh, like uh, and and fruit flavors like a baking like baking spices mm-hmm. if you will uh, uh, there's some fruit in there like darker fruits like plums and um, Gosh, it's it's thick and viscous and fruity and spicy. It's everything. Well, and and this from themselves for this particular the nine thousand the new recipe on the basis because they do actually have just a golden drac which is the triple. So this being the quadruple is they they gave the nine thousand which I'm not sure why the nine thousand cannot find a reference for that I'm sure there is one, but they uh, uh, incorporated three kinds of malts. Uh, in four times the content in the lager. Uh, and as they say, together with the smooth and subtle sweet taste ensures this is a wonderfully accomplished accomplished bouquet. And just like the other specialty beers from uh, Van Steenberg, the 9000 uh, Quadruple is a beer of high fermentation with a secondary fermentation. And with that secondary one, they add a wine yeast as used which contributes to the I can, grandiose taste. I can see that. I can see this beer being like at the at the barn smokers we go to, like just being pressed into these barrels and <laughs> shit just added. It's all goop. I mean, this thing is just, it's very malty on the nose. Yes. Well, they also say that, I mean, it's, uh, this is one of those beers that is uh, actually excellent for cellaring. You can, you can keep it for a little while okay. longer than your standard. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. It reminds me of uh, one of the Unibrew ones we did. Uh, the yes, Mo- Modite maybe or it's 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 def for me it's definitely the less citrus and floral than the Unibrew stuff. Oh yeah, no uh, lesser, but uh, maybe it's the complexity because I always associate complex beers with Unibrew. They do it they do it so well. Yeah, I'm just I'm just getting that fruitiness. Um, I'm getting the malts. Uh, like you said, there's real no bitterness to to speak of. Um, a little breadiness. Yeah. That, well, I mean that that would come from the maltiness. Um, it's. It, what do you guys think? I think it's delicious. It is. You like it, Ted? I like it, but not as much as you guys. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's a good beer. I li- I, I mean, I like it, but I'd, I. I think I prefer the Unibrew style, and that's. It's a, Unibrew is a much more delicate. Um, not saying you need a delicate beers. No, their their flavors are a bit brighter. This yes. is a bit bitter. Well, I thought you know we're finally got a little bit cooler weather here, no. and uh, yeah. no, no, I'm not I'm not bagging on you for going this direction. It sounds like he is. Um, well, look, you want to know why I selected this beer? Because I had a feeling when I let you guys pick tonight's <sighs> movie, it's going to be about dragons. That. I would not be scared by it one bit, so I was like, I'm going to pick a beer. 
Oh. That'll scare the shit out of you guys. This is by far our highest ABV. Yep. What was old Rasputin? Eight, know. nine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. This is 10.7. I mean. What about that Danka thing? Dankasaurus, Rex? No, that still was. Uh, that and even uh, the Gold Monkey was, was only like nine. 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 Yeah. So. Alright. That's why I picked this movie, this beer. Okay. Unlike the movie, I, I I thought it was. I don't know why you think we'd scared. be scared off of a TNABV. Maybe next time, you know, we could, you know. Oh, also, the description said the beer had uh, flavor notes of banana. Oh, I just thought you picked it because Cody and I like dragons, and it's got a dragon on it. We're not doing dragon movies, so this is the closest thing you guys are going to get. Which, for trivia buffs, the golden drac. The actual little dragon on the bottle is the symbol of this beer. Is actually sits atop the cathedral in Gent or Ghent. So it's actually an actual dragon symbol on the top of a church. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I do like the beer, and <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I unfortunately okay, thank you, Mister History. I am getting he's history face. <laughs> I'm getting. Uh, I am getting a lot of fruitiness, but I'm not getting any banana. It was sold to me as I would get notes of banana. I'm not getting it. I'm thankful I'm not getting notes of banana. Yeah, I'm no. not a fan of That's banana beer. Uh, or I'm even lo- subtle hints of banana. Well, I was talking to the doctor that day. He's like, why Why don't you just have yaks with a blender over there making you guys banana daiquiris all night? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. I'm like, well, there might be a problem one for sound. Yeah. So then we enter the... <laughs> <laughs> what? How are you guys doing? All of a sudden, doing? that farmer from our uh, JD interview <laughs> he's back there just, just <laughs> looking directly in the camera, too. <laughs> you mother. And then at my second point was, uh, Doctor, that, mean, that, that would mean I'd have to drink, like, 15 banana daiquiris, and I, I, I really would rather not drink I, one banana daiquiri. Well, that's all right, because it wouldn't happen, because I don't really actually like bananas. And no, really? I do not. I like banana pancakes. I don't like This bananas. is our big banana episode. The fruit. I mean, anything else, you know, banana-wise, I'm fine. Banana I just, bread, you're like? Banana, yeah. Surprisingly, yes. But the actual fruit by itself, I do not like You it. cannot eat bananas, huh? I don't like the taste. I don't know why. You know, I loved them when I was a kid. But, you know, your taste buds change. And all of a sudden, like the actual fruit, yeah. I'm like, nah. Did somebody Gross. do something? I was to about you? to say we're gonna something? unlock we're gonna unlock a dark memory yeah, of his brother to just shoving down bananas. Dude, he went to those summer camps. Did I'm, you get hazed with a banana? I really isn't it weird how we start talking about something and immediately it just goes to the worst possible place. Show, show me on the golden drag bottle where they touched you with the it's banana. Here, tell you here. <laughs> okay, uh, more on that later, right? Um. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and give my notes for the first third because I'm going to blow through this. And Boy, you got a beautiful burn. <laughs> he is done with it. He's pat. He's right down to the band now. Uh, so Two there, puffs. there was like a. I can't decide whether it was a pepper or a spice. Right, initial blast right off the bat, but Correct. it wasn't like a black pepper type deal. It was a little bit of an odd deal. It was a little bit lighter uh, than that, but it, yes. was, it was a really nice. Uh, I'm not really getting uh, much off the. And then I'm getting kind of a aroma. I mean, it's a dry toast, almost like on the, like a real heavy, heavy toast. No, there's definitely a bready, uh, toasty element to it. Uh, I'm getting really nice cedar, a really warm, nice cedar, that breadiness. And there's something else there. I'm still trying to, we're talking, I was trying to focus on it. Um, 
Man, I I don't smoke a lot of Honduran tobaccos, so I'm really curious to kind of. Me neither, and I'm I'm liking this though. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of digging it. There's a a little bit of. You guys are gonna make fun of me. I'm going back to the. The don't cigar pairing, or, the, or no, the uh, no, that's fine. The that's pairing, fine. what do they call yeah. it? The flavor wheel. The flavor wheel. You guys getting a little pencil shavings on that retro hill? I, um, you know, it's gonna be real hard because once again, I've never tasted pencil shavings. That's eerie. No, no, but no, 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 you smelled it. Them. Like I used to love smelling in yeah. the old school. Correct. That I, smell is what I'm getting a little bit that out of my nose. I don't know whether it's the power that, that, that actually had pencil shavings in it to where we could compare. Stick your head in that pencil sharpener. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I didn't realize that uh, I, it could be the power of suggestion. But the moment you said pencil shavings, my nose lit up and said, "Yep, that's it, Hoss." Well, that would be it the was cedar. on the cigar flavor wheel. But that would be the, that God. would be the cedar. Why would they I call it pencil it shavings? Well, Why wouldn't they just call it cedar shavings? Well, because I'm getting cedar across the palate. I'm getting cedar on the palate. I'm getting the distinct kind of unique sense of pencil shavings on the I nose. Mean, put your put the pencil, pencil up to your nose. Give me your pencil. Yes, that's what that's what I'm getting on the nose. It's I'm a, smelling Ticonderoga <laughs> number two. <laughs> See, I'm getting number three. I'm getting number three pencil. I could not take the SATs with this cigar. That is so weird. Oh my goodness! I don't think I've ever run across a cigar with that unique of a flavor. Those emailers are right. My cigar expertise, huh? They didn't exist. Janet W knows her shit. Or is that Jack T? I have to go back and look. There was a bunch of other emails I left out that were really critical of you guys. Uh, more on that later. More on that later. Before Tut shuts down our, our email server. <laughs> no, I'm going to block all of it. Anyone who has any kind of combination no, gonna, of names of, three, of, th- of 80 sitcom stars get blocked. No, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to write an algorithm that's going to have an array of all negative terms and it's going to look for Tut. And anytime it says Tut, it's going to replace it with Cade. Oh, Cade's wearing those headphones a little too tight. Okay, yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to tweak it a little bit. When me and the ladies are enjoying the show down at the Regal Beagle, <laughs> now that would, then I could see where you guys might have a point, but they didn't. They didn't go there. All right, boys. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm getting cedar uh, on the draw. I'm getting that, that pepper and pencil shavings. It's a very smooth cigar. Very smooth. It is. Yeah. And yeah, considering that, how kind of light it is, it's not getting drowned out at all by the quadruple beer. It's actually not. And I was really, when I first lit it up or I first tasted the beer, I was like, dude, there's no way that this is going to hang. And it's actually it's actually pairing decently. I'm not going to say it's a great pairing. No. But it's a, it's 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 not interfering with it. Put it that way. When you construct your pairing around that you read a thing where maybe the <laughs> beer had a little bit of banana in it based on the movie you're doing. And not taking into account anything with the cigar, I think we I think we did okay. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? I, would I think, am. I would think this would be in your wheelhouse. It is. Uh, I agree with Ted. I mean, look at those ashes, boys. Light, lighting it up. Blast. I mean, that it had that you know that blast of pepper just right there. Uh, it it wasn't really a, a harsh. Like though. no, I, I mean, I'm not saying like you know. Yeah. It exploded. It was. <laughs> That's right. But no, it just. You know, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, it is, it's very smooth. Okay. The, and, and like a lot of those flavors are just background. I mean, I'm, you know, a little bit of leather, that cedar. Bread, you, you getting the breadiness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, that, it's, 
they're very I mean it's very light actually I can get a little bit of mild leather in there too so it's a quite a an expansive palette of flavors there in such a tiny little cigar I think so um okay by the way, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to us on YouTube. Join us on Instagram at TNCC underscore podcast. It's up on Facebook. Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, yeah, I did this. Subscribe to us. Hopefully, you're watch- already watching this on YouTube. And then uh, Twitter at TNCC. We obviously Cam. know people are watching us on YouTube. Did you read those emails? Did you hear oh those emails? Oh. Hold on. I got another one from Chrissy. You can. S- it's not real. Uh, what else? Amazon. Oh, that's right. We got uh, some, let's say, what well, we got? Christmas coming up, yeah. But if yeah. you want to do Halloween. it before that, we'll get some uh, Halloween. This, this, this is coming out, come out on Halloween. Hey, Thanksgiving. Everybody likes buying Thanksgiving gifts. So, uh, <laughs> do they? Yeah, if you're going to buy some Thanksgiving gifts, you know, join oh, the yeah. Tuesday Night Cigar Club pot, yeah. uh, website. Hit the Amazon banner. Uh, do your shopping from there, and uh, we'll get a little kickback from it. It doesn't cost you anything extra. They're not jacking up the price. You pay the same low prices that you always pay on Amazon. It's just we get a little little something. Does Amazon from. have a sweater I can wear to Thanksgiving that says, Fuck you and your green bean casserole? Yes, actually it does. I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> Those Chinese are so good. Oh, uh, they are. They knew it. They knew it the minute. And I guarantee you, an hour from now, I'll get on my phone and Facebook will have that sweater on <laughs> <laughs> a thing. Not uh, listening at all. No, 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 no. Okay, uh, so we're all enjoying the cigar. Uh, tasty beer. What's left? The film. The film. <sighs> Tonight we will be discussing the Banana Splits movie. 2019. Hot off the press. Hot off. Uh, Speaking of, I got an email from one of our fans about tonight's movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Terry the nurse? <laughs> I wish I did. The email would be more interesting than... Written by Jed Elenoff and Scott Thomas, who also collaborated on 2010's Scooby-Doo Camp Scare cartoon movie. So this is not their first foray into the horror genre. Uh, It really felt like it. And the film is directed by... uh, Scooby-Doo's not a horror genre. I was being sarcastic, guys. Of course. Uh, Scooby-Doo movies. The film is directed by a woman named Danishka Esterhazy. Probably said that wrong. (laughs) I apologize. apologize. Danishka Esterhazy. A little background here, a brief history lesson, if you will. Please. The Banana Splits Adventure Hour was an American children's variety show produced by Hanna-Barbera. That ran from 1968 to 1970, and then it played in syndication all the way through 1982. Uh, the hosts of the show were a fictional rock band composed of animal characters called the Banana Splits. That was the name of the band. Flegel the dog, lead guitar. Bingo the ape, drums. Drooper the lion, bass. And Snorky the elephant, keyboards. I know a keyboard player, but his name's Snarky. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Asshole. All right. Anywho, this show, which I admittedly have no recollection of watching, but apparently you boys did, because no. you're so adamant that we do this fucking movie. i got to be honest, I totally didn't. Has a long-running loyal fan base that to this day, to this day, there's... Remember when we had Keith in here, uh, our voiceover announcer, yeah. and we mentioned that they'd made this, and he went crazy about the banana splits. Now, granted, he's he's a good ten years older than yeah. us, 
I, I couldn't understand why you guys were so excited well, about this. Cause it, I, it ran through and even through the 80s. I mean, 82, like early we morning. We've been so little. They made a comment in the movie that this was spun off of the Monkees, the show, the television show it Monkees. It was. Were they on it? I mean, was there like a cartoon? I think they did but, a crossover. Because if it was if it was tied was in with the monkeys, I guarantee you that's where I saw it. Well, actually, I there, the and there is the there's How a reference old to are this. You? You're watching the monkeys. What was that? It this? was like hey, it hey, was like the monkeys. Yeah, it was replayed on on like television. Monkey around. I, mean, I would get home with, I, I, I would I get home things. from school and the monkeys would be on. Tut's sixty two years old. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver was that also? Uh, Leave it to Beaver was also uh, on. He's sixty-five years old. Rerun. He, he remembers the transition to color. There Man, used to I, be. A, there used. I don't. I don't. There remember. used to be this thing in television programming called the rerun. I'm aware of the monkeys. I'm aware of. Uh, I was aware of the banana splits, but I, I certainly know. I have no memory of watching it as a kid. I don't either. Uh, but you guys were just so for this movie. I, I had no choice. Well, I thought it was an interesting concept. Okay. And well, I well, think they did a hell of a job with the trailer. All I right? think that you know, like I said, it it's, <laughs> yeah. does have apparently a loyal fan base still this day, and that brings us to the movie designed, I think, to cash in on that nostalgia factor, while hopefully, ideally, uh, being a well-made horror film at the same time. I think that's what they're probably were shooting for. That about cover the history of Banana Split. Yes. What do bananas say when they answer the phone? Yellow. Jeez, oh, I'm so sorry about this. You're almost done with your cigar. <laughs> I'm trying to smoke it so fast so I can get the hell out of here. Nope. We One haven't. more banana joke like that, and <laughs> I'm on the cigar you too. You're gonna split. <laughs> hey, Tut's wearing his pumpkin shirt tonight. Hey, hey, pumpkin shirt. It's Halloween. Every year. I look forward to it. The only way you can get me out of this uh, pumpkin shirt on Halloween is to peel it off of me. Like a banana. <laughs> you guys ready to talk about this movie? No. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I will jump back to the cigar when I see you guys are, are in the, the final third because uh, these things are so tiny. Uh better hurry. I just feel like I'm watching it. It's just burning by itself. Like. I, uh, okay. Uh, we start things off by joining Beth, a late 30s, early 40s something mother, as she dozes off on the couch, i.e., did you see the coffee table, drink an entire bottle of wine, me style, mm-hmm. while watching the banana splits on TV. But this is modern day. She's watching it on a big flat screen TV. In this world, the banana splits still exists. Uh, it's still ru- running like current episodes. She's suddenly awakened by her young son, Harley, who startles the shit out of Beth by leaning over her wearing a creepy elephant costume. It's his birthday tomorrow, and he's too excited to sleep. She tucks him back into bed, then she goes in the next room and scolds her other son, 19-year-old Austin, for coming in past curfew. He's 19. She's very protective. And he begs her, don't tell their stepdad, Mitch, or else he's going to really... She tells him, you know... It's uh, yeah, Harley's birthday tomorrow. I'll, I'll give you a break. Especially if a guy named Mitch. Wish my mom had obliged that request at least once or twice. Uh, and then Beth hits the sack. The next morning as she's icing Harley's birthday cake, she gets a call that his friend Duncan... She's icing the cake. Duncan Hines. 
You got to read between the lines on these scripts, boys. I just now got that. You pointed it out. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. These guys weren't trying too hard, uh, they? <laughs> When you write third, fourth, fifth draft of a script, and you just want to keep adding subtext and layers and go deeper and deeper, that's where they... You know what? What if we made the kid Duncan? Because she's icing that cake. Maybe the kid's name was going to be Ralph. But then they were like, let's let's add... Oh, yeah. Let's, let's put in something. There you go. It's all part of the stew. Uh, well, Duncan can't make it to the party. Suddenly, Bess' hungover second husband, Mitch, walks out rubbing his temples and sipping his coffee. Us style. She well, tells by that by that philosophy, shouldn't they? Shouldn't Mitch's name be Richard? Because he's an enormous dick. Yeah, yeah. We don't know that. In that's why they they stopped at the fifth draft. They should have done uh, a sixth. Or maybe uh, like Cody was about to say, they don't want to give uh, they don't want to give it away right off the bat. And not to mention, this guy looks like a Mitch. <laughs> that, <laughs> that part's true. He looks like a Mitch. Uh, so he's, he's sipping his coffee over his head. She tells Mitch that Harley's going to be crushed, that Duncan can't come to the party. Invite someone else, Mitch says. But Beth explains there's not a lot of kids Harley's age who still enjoy the banana split show. No, that's because it's stupid, Mitch groans. <laughs> no, I, li- I like a, uh, uh, well, invite someone else. And she was like, we can't. It's his only friend. And then Mitch, really? <laughs> and that's why this will be revealed later. Well, I won't get to it, but yeah, Mitch doesn't seem to know a lot about Harley. Uh, at this point, I'm kind of digging Mitch. I knew you at, would. At this point. I knew you would. Uh, I, at first, I was just like, oh, come on, man. He's a flat... He's a flat... Uh, stepdad character. Stepdad dick character. But at the same time, he's the only thing going right now. Right now. It's early. Yeah. I mean, we've literally just met the family. It's early. Uh, but I'm, I'm liking him. Well, you know, there'd never be another, another replay of Drunk Dad, but, I mean, if we were going to see, like, him, I mean, if you see him, like, had that coffee cup, he goes over, starts uh, filling it with see? booze. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> go there. Should have. But whether Mitch likes it or not, Bess tells him they're all going to a live taping of the Banana Splits that afternoon. Mitch hits the shower to rinse off last, last night's drink-a-thon and probably <laughs> heavy sex session with the lovely Beth. And when he emerges into the bedroom with his towel on, he finds Austin, the older brother, digging through his nightstand. Stealing some money. Austin, who just took a 20 off of Mitch's money roll, swears he was just looking for a missing sock. And Mitch tells him, hey, buddy, if you need money, all you gotta do is ask. So Austin's like, well, okay, can I have 20 bucks? Yeah, right. Dude, Mitch just laughs and walks off. Uh, Not a chance. Uh, oh, and it turns out Mitch is even bigger dick tut. Get this. Down later at the dinner table, after Harley blows out his candles on his cake, Beth is going to give him the banana split tickets. Mitch grabs them. Oh, that was such a dick move. And here we go, buddy. Look at this, buddy. We're going to banana split. Look what I got you. Oh, man. We all horrible. chipped in. We all did our part. <laughs> uh, like he personally ordered those. Stood in line five months ago to get these damn tickets. Thanks, Daddy, Harley screams. But Mitch quickly corrects him, explaining once again that Harley's far we too old. We talked about this. You're far too old to call me Daddy. What is Harley, eight? Maybe ten? Maybe, yeah. At the most. Maybe. Don't call me Daddy. Mitch. In fact, <laughs> stop speaking to me. You're a man now. 
uh, oh, but also we learn uh, at the cake blowing out scene that Beth was able to finagle one other classmate of Harley's, Zoe, to attend in Duncan's place. They're all set. Done. We do see a little scene at Zoe's house where she does not want to come. She's like, I don't know him really well, and I don't like the banana splits. And the mom's like, you know, I actually, I actually like. I this just want you scene. out of the house for the next. Basically, few hours. yes, I'm familiar with that scenario. And, <laughs> uh, yes, I was about to say the uh, mom and the daughter had the best time. chemistry so far. So, again, it's very early cut. You guys are going to have a great time. Bye bye. Go on. <laughs> I already got you. I packed you lunch. Your backpack. Everything's good to go. The <laughs> dysfunctional family truckster pulls into Taft Studios, where a security guard gives them directions to the banana split stage, the oldest stage on the line. When Harley asks him, uh, the security guard, if he knows the banana splits personally, something the kid would ask, Yeah. he tells the wide-eyed boy that late at night, when he's the only one working, he hears the splits driving around the lot in their banana buggies, singing their classic songs. It's, by the way the guy delivers it, it's not clear if he's joking or not, but Mitch is skeptical. Ugh. As they he wait, really was basically delivering it more like the guy from Pee Wee's. It was on a night just I like this. To, I was about to say, I mean, was this guy like trying to be like, yeah, kid, you know, I see them at night. They're riding around in their buggies. It's great here. Or was he like, they ride around in their buggies. It was a night just like this. He's, I mean, is, this guy's face is just like, is, is it supposed to be ominous? I mean, what do we... But I actually think that works in the, the character's favor. Right. You don't know if he's trying to just... Give the kid hope, or if he's just a real. Weird I mean, if he at least just. Uh, Are they setting this guy up for the Scooby Doo mask reveal? Officer Tompkins. <laughs> As they wait in line outside the studio uh, to go in for the show, a page named Page welcomes them and begins confiscating all their cell phones. I love this. A blogger named Thad, who's just gone on Facebook Live to announce to his followers that he'll be live broadcasting all day long. Refuses to give up his cell phone to, to Paige. I'm not giving up my phone, man. I just told all my followers that's going to be broadcast live. So she looks at his phone. <laughs> I'm sure all 218 of your followers will understand. She's pretty hardcore. Well, I like that. Will you understand if uh, you give me another uh, golden drag? I will. I will. But while he eventually does acquiesce to give her his phone, his girl, his Asian girlfriend Poppy shows him she kept her phone, so they'll be able to. To get some content, uh, yeah, why get why get you a? The problem with that uh, that follower account though is the poor graphic design on the phone when they were showing that, and it's nothing but likes and smiles and hearts going up. Yeah. It's like they have a bazillion followers. Yeah, with two hundred eighteen, you'd be lucky if you had like one dude watching, <laughs> and he'd probably tune out after a second. Not that I don't know with his not girlfriend. That we know about that. Yeah, she was pretty. She was pretty cute. Well, speaking of cell phones, uh, Mitch has his head buried in his phone the whole time, especially when Harley jumps out in front of an incoming banana car, transporting the banana splits themselves to the studio. Harley almost gets creamed, banana pudding, Uh, Uh, but luckily Beth yanks him out of harm's way. Harley's really confused. He's a very soft-spoken, gentle young kid. I said hi to Snarky. Snorky. 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 Snarky's tight. Snorky. <laughs> We're so confused. Oh god! With these I, names. Ho- I hope I didn't do that on all my notes. I'm going to call him Snarky. On. I said hi to Snorky because w- when he almost ran him over, the car stopped and the the banana splits just stared at him, and he just stared at me. A confused Hartley mutters, 
Beth yanks the cell phone away from Mitch and tells him that her son was almost run over by a banana car. Jesus, that'd be an embarrassing way to die, he says. <laughs> Mitch! <laughs> I knew you would like Mitch. That was actually, I was like, way to go. Uh, Austin happily hands over his cell phone to Paige. He's kind of a loser teenager. Nobody's calling him anyway. Uh, but he thinks she's cute, and he kind of is trying to flirt with her a little bit. But even eight-year-old Zoe, their little tag-along, is well aware. He has zero, Austin has zero game with the ladies. She points that out. Yes, she does. <laughs> uh, t- you're almost done with your cigar. Uh, anything new? No, actually it's not. Uh, it was pretty much, I don't get hardly any of the pepper. I don't get a lot of leather now. Uh uh, but I am getting that toast. I'm getting that breadiness kicking through there. Uh, I don't know whether I'm still getting the pencil shavings or not because I am holding my pencil like next to my nose. And <laughs> this cigar is amazing. <laughs> it's like, like you're smoking your pencil. Uh, is that interfering with my cigar? Uh, I don't think it works like he's that. He's just grinding up pencil shavings, snorting them like it's a good cigar. Tobacco. It's, it's it's different. It is very different. It's very dry. I mean, it's it's a dry palate cigar. It uh, is a, a dry cigar. I, I'm getting the, the toast and cedar uh, on the draw. I'm getting that pepper and, and the pencil shavings on the nose. Um, but despite those weird descriptives of pencil shavings and cedar, it's smooth. It's, it's, it's very a, smooth cigar. It's, 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 even when you say dry, you think that's kind of a negative, but not necessarily. No, no, no. no. I mean, it just, um, it's just... It's, palette, it's, it's a, a palate feel. It's a clean smoking kind yeah. of gentle cigar. I, it's different. I like it. It is very different. Uh, I wish it had a little bit more strength, uh, but you know the flavor flavor wise is that there. retro hill for me is is not. I'm, I'm glad it doesn't because it's 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 such a unique retro hill, and uh, I, I'm kind of digging this delicate little flower of a cigar. Yeah, boy. I'm kind of the same. The no, I want that more nicotine. The malty bread part still there, still just you know background. I mean, just real subtle that little bit of leather, but pepper wise, I mean, at this point, it not getting a whole lot. I'm still getting a little bit. But okay. Uh, if you get anything new, let me know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you want to talk price point while we're on it? Yeah, we might as well. Might as well. No, you first. Well, I was already with my answer, but I'll wait. Robusto, uh, let's go nine bucks. Actually, a Rothschild, a little bit smaller than a Robusto. Rothschild, let's go eight bucks. That's about what I was going to say. So I'll go eight fifty. I'm going to go seven fifty. Not bad. Seven fifty. Meh. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I think it could be smoked slower. Um, but smoking it fast or slow, I mean, I, it, like I said, it's it's got a different profile I haven't had, and I, I can't really, I don't really have a cigar. A lot of times you get cigars, you compare them to something else in your head, a different cigar. I can't really put this on. Like this reminds me of no, I can't yeah. really think of anything like that. Um, but like I said, I haven't smoked a lot of Hondur- Honduran Puros. I like it. I do too. I do too. It's definitely a little bit different than our wheelhouse, so that's kind of cool. 
Um, and I think it's kind of an ironic name. There's nothing mayhem about it. It's very calm. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I'm this was like mayhem for them because everything else they make is just wildly like... The ogre? That giant 8-inch... So it's an ironic mayhem? <laughs> Jolly Green Giant. This is dick. mayhem. I don't understand what's going on here. There's no explosions. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in my life for like three days was like, "What is wrong with you?" I smoked the Jolly Green Giant's dick the other night. <laughs> Did you see the size? Dude, what was it like? A eight by eighty? That thing was just crazy. <laughs> You're right. Maybe that's this is just so different for them that it's so normal. Maybe, there you go. I don't know. Uh, and and the beer certainly still tasty. Okay. Well, when these splits arrive uh, in their dressing room slash workshop, a mad scientist type named Carl, who appears to be their handler, uh, scolds Drooper for almost running over Harley, the little boy outside, and he hooks him up to some cables for a program reboot while the other three furry animals scamper off. It never gives any indication as to why they're robots. This is a new twist, right? In the original show, those were just sweaty, smelly guys in suits. Yeah. Correct. They weren't robots. They weren't robots. But the, here, the the the, the, the bl- banana splits are robotic creatures. They're, they're supposed. To be, I mean, they're uh, you could say animatronic, but they're like the most advanced robots <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk doesn't have robots. Like I mean, this? when they're not. I mean, we'll see here in a little bit when they're on stage. They dance and sing, but here they're just like they walk around like robots. But they, I mean, I'll I'll get into that, how advanced they are here in just a little bit. So while the show's producer, Rebecca, tries to hunt down the missing Drooper, what was Drooper? Bass? See the bass guitar player, Drooper? Wait. The monkey was the drums. Bingo's drums. Flegel was guitar. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drooper was bass. Yeah. Uh, well, Drooper's getting rebooted. Rebecca can't find him. She's met in the hallway by a smarmy production executive named Andy, who informs her that he just got promoted to VP and he's canceling the banana splits as it doesn't fit his vision for the network moving forward. She can't believe it. Are you crazy, Andy? We're still a huge hit. But he explains that, yeah, it's true, but it's old and stupid and I want something cool and edgy. This is your last show. As Andy walks away, we see that the still-uploading Drooper in the background has heard all of this new information. Uh Uh-oh. He's not going to be happy. I bet he runs off and tells the other animals lickety-split. Thank you once again for joining the TNCC. Uh, It's been a great night. Uh, Well, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be intentionally cheesy dialogue from Andy. Like, I want something cool and edgy. Like, that's just so bad dialogue. He's just really, and he has more really awful dialogue later. Like, how well, can I write the most cliched TV executive ever type stuff? Uh, well, it would have made more sense had he simply said something along the lines like, "You know what it costs? This show costs too much. You know what it takes to keep those robots running?" No, he just wants something cool and edgy. Okay, he wants it cool and edgy. You know what drives me bananas, boys? What drives you bananas? That's right, Tut. When I got up in the morning after drinking three bottles of wine and some malt liquor, only to find that we've run out of coffee in the Cade household. Oh, Wednesdays. That's just how important coffee is to me, to my very soul. And because I love coffee with such an irrational passion, you know I love me some tobacco special cigars brought to you by the one and only Drew Estate. That you do. The same folks who created Sweet Jane, 
La Vieja Habana, and so many other classic lines. Available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelop a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Coroyo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan and steak room coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and a little bit of sweetness. A perfect early morning or after-dinner smoke, and if you don't believe me, go try one for yourself. What's Drew's take of do a banana cigar? Like an acid banana. Hopefully, don't don't never. give him the idea. Or maybe uh, Oscar Valladares can wrap a cigar in a banana peel. That'd actually be pretty cool. So they're just going to change a little... Roddy <laughs> and brown and mushy. <laughs> they're just going to change a little acid logo from that guy on the motorcycle to Snorky over here, just <laughs> leaning up, silhouette style. I'm just saying, it could be a tie-in there. Next barn smoker, Willie's going to come up to you and be like, asshole. They got me test driving like a whole bunch of banana cigars that whole, now. That whole big secret new line that JD said. If you uh, go to our YouTube page, we've got a great new interview with Jonathan Drew from uh, the Kentucky Barn Smoker. He gave a TNCC exclusive, a new, entirely new line, which they haven't done in years, is coming out very soon. What if it's bananas? DE is bananas. Really I, hate you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm smoking 50 bananas a day because of you, Pendejo. <laughs> Sorry, Willie. Uh, Domino, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, hey, if anybody can make a good banana cigar, it's Drew you know Estate. It. You know it. So we jump out on the main stage where Paige, the page, is riling up the crowd, much to the dismay of Mitch's hangover. He's out in the audience just, ugh. She announces that some select audience members with stars on the back of their tickets will get to meet the splits after the show, but sadly, Harley's family is starless. They did not get the golden ticket. No, I was about not. to say it was Willy Wonka-ish with all the, all the people. I got the ticket. I got the stars. Uh, Austin has a plan to change that, though, so he slinks off uh, out of the bleachers under the ruse of, Mitch, where are you going? Using the bathroom, Mitch. Spoiler alert, it's a dump. <laughs> I did, li- I did like that. I liked Austin. Uh, I thought he was a little too wimpy, but I li- I did like it. It worked. Well, and this is any good time. Austin is actually dressed like one of the monkeys. Oh, he was very Peterish. Yes. Oh, is Peter is Brady from the Brady Bunch. Oh, Peter. Bobby, Peter, and Greg from Brady Bunch. There's more than one. Mickey, Peter, Davey. I think How it was old Mickey. Are you? I think it was Mickey. He was. No, he was, was his, his, He was dressed as one of the monkeys. He's got, he's got the little toboggan on. Yeah. that was Peter's thing. Yeah. All right. So it's it Peter. Peter. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I was not a big monkeys fan. Peter, I like their song. Peter's bananas. What's going on around here? Come uh, on, cheer up, Sleepy Jane. You know what I mean? Daydream believer. Do they do the last train to Clarksville? Yeah. We were in Clarksville. I know. I, that's why I'm singing, take the last yeah. train to Clarksville. I'll sing that true. Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Uh, Note to self, buy monkeys t-shirt. Did they eat bananas on stage, the monkeys? No, it had nothing to do with bananas whatsoever. Actually, there was a couple of skits where they hate bananas and everybody gives them I was really trying to kill the whole banana thing, but <laughs> you just sorry. kept it going. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, my love of the monkeys just... I'm sorry. 
you slipped up, Tut. No. Oh. Uh. <laughs> this is monkeys with chewies. The show begins, and Harley is loving seeing his furry heroes in action, minus Drooper, who's still missing in action. Uh, actually, he's still in the back getting his evil upgrade. We know it's an evil upgrade because his eyes turn red behind his glasses. God, how cliche can you get? The young actor playing Harley is actually quite good. Like I say, he's about 10 years old. The actor's name is Finlay... This is like a Postani cigar. Finlay Wolstock Hisong. Uh, what the hell, kid? What? 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 Who's was it? And he remember back when movie actors had names like Tom Cruise. <laughs> so simple. I can't fuck that up. <laughs> uh, and he, re- but this kid really sells the useful, the youthful sense of wonder and awe necessary to sell this character. I thought he, he was really good. Did. He actually did. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought he was a little stiff at times, but hey, he's ten years old. He was doing a great job. I, I thought we've seen a lot of bad kid actors yeah. over the last hundred and four episodes. I thought he was really. Yeah, good. but you always know the good ones. As soon as that camera turns off, he turns into a little asshole. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> got a cigarette. A cigarette. Just fuck you. Uh, Rest well, of you suck it. I'm the star of this film. <laughs> I'm Finlay Washtag Hissong, damn it. What about Tim, Me- Tim Cruz? Meanwhile, meanwhile <laughs> his acting co- coach, Corey Feldman's over <laughs> in the corner going, good job, kid. Good job, kid. But you might want to change your name to talk- Tim Cruz. C-R-U-Z. <laughs> yeah. Well, the splits are throwing pies at kids and treating the crowd to a, let's be honest here, pretty lame show. Was that what the real show was like? I don't, I don't know. That was pretty, pretty much, lame. yeah. Uh, they had they had far more decide, dialogue. I'm starting to side with Andy, the VP. Like this shit's stupid. Like we get something else on here. It's insanely popular. You have 20 people in the audience. <laughs> it was really just. Uh, Austin, the older brother, tracks down Paige, the page backstage. She was trying to get the one human cast member, Stevie, to sober up and join the show. <laughs> oh, Stevie. <laughs> This guy I can relate to. But Austin's total lack of charm somehow charms her into agreeing to let his family stick around and meet the banana splits after the show. Way to go, Austin. As she leads him back to his seat, they encounter Snorky, the elephant, staring at them from down a long hallway before he slowly toddles off. Do they always walk around on their own like that, he says? And she kind of has this weird, no. like. Does everybody, because here's the thing, they have never explained it, so like, does everybody know they're robots? Like, because that was the one thing. Like, the people, I ba- the people backstage in the show do. Well, yeah. yeah, I know, but like, apparently everybody, even the audience people, like. Well, this is 2019. I think if it's a current TV show, then sure, there would be Entertainment Weekly articles about the robots. It would be Instagram yeah. about the. I think they called the, them puppets a lot too. Even well, like the but, mom and. Them. But still, it was just one of those things. Like, everyone's like normal with it, but you're like, well, I'm still once again. These are like the, the most advanced robotics in oh, the world. Running around. I mean, Walt Disney World is like taking notes, going, "Jeez, yeah. these guys are good." Uh, it, we it, have Marvel. We have Star Wars. Get me the banana splits. <laughs> but they're climbing around these sets and throwing these pies with, I guess, laser guided precision. Like DARPA robots. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I really wanted to see you know, the little Terminator vision as he's lining up that <laughs> shot with the pie. I actually didn't want to see that. That actually would have been extremely good if we saw what they see out of their eyes, and they saw like the kids with the Terminator vision and some targets and like that. 
That would have helped a little bit to kind of get a grasp of what's going on under these suits. At least the, a the, little bit. The banana splitinators. Now who's making the bad puns? <laughs> I'm off the hot seat. Uh, oh, and as uh, Stevie finally gets into wardrobe, the one human cast member, he stumbles out in the set. But before he gets there, he walks past Andy's room where, chomping on a cigar, Andy's on his cell phone telling someone he just canceled the show. We're going to sell the splits off to the theme park division. Uh-oh. Oh man, how how are we gonna make sure that everybody knows that this guy is like a evil corporate, evil corporate executive guy? Cigar. Cigar had the same thought. Uh, what a dick! As Stevie, obviously this is his gig for a long time, runs storms off. Andy then the the cigar chomping bigwig is startled by the door to his dressing room slamming shut and locked. And as he tries to open, he can't. He yells for help. When behind a curtain behind him, Bingo the Ape appears, and after a scream from Andy, we see his cigar drop to the floor. We can only surmise he's toast. He is toast. Much like the toast we're getting from tonight's cigar. Uh, yeah. You gotta love filmmakers using the old 80s trope of, man, this guy's so greedy and all he cares about uh, is... He's a fat cat businessman who only cares about... Give him a cigar. <laughs> if only there was like a small child to walk by where he could blow smoke in his face. <laughs> <laughs> so the big banana split show is now over. Boy, that was quick. As Stevie drunkenly... Oh, well, it's the end. It's the final act on stage. They're rocking yeah. out with their things. As Stevie drunkenly taps his tambourine and the animals play their instruments... Jamming out to their iconic song, Tra La La. Tra La La. Tra La La La. Tra La 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 La. Has anybody in the history of man ever chugged a quadruple 10.7 beer? They will because now. That might be the only way I can get that fucking song out of my head. For three days, I've, I'm walking around the house. Tra La La La. I'm driving my car. Tra La La La. Fuck you, assholes. <laughs> I may pick some weird-ass movies, but I didn't do anything this sadistic to you guys. We do it because we care. My God, that song is just like a venereal disease you can't get rid of. I I was... No, I'll save it to the end. Okay. Well, they're, they're all up there uh, playing their hearts out. Uh, only towards the end of the song, Drooper, the bass player, intentionally sweeps Stevie's legs out from underneath him with his guitar... Causing him to fly to the ground and crash. Uh, this does not go unnoticed by Harley. Did you see that? It looks like he did that on purpose. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't hurt anybody. He would never intentionally hurt anybody. Uh, I love how Stevie was on the ground, drunk, still kind of half-assed playing his tambourine. <laughs> like he just I don't got know totally what's going on. Sw- but they swept the leg, and he's just done like it. Fuck it. Last show. Well, you know, he did say earlier in his dressing room, "Are you drunk? No." Just drink. I'll be drunk. Yeah, no, I'm buzzed. <laughs> After this, I'll be drunk. Uh, but the crowd, for some damn reason, is loving it. They're all clapping along and dancing in their seats to this god awful song. Mitch was right. This whole thing is just stupid. I, I'm still on Team Mitch at this point. Uh, well, Paige is a woman who keeps her word. Once the lame ass final number's over, she dismisses the crowd but makes her way over to Harley. And with a big smile, she asks him if the banana splits 
Does, do you think the banana splits would really let you leave without meeting their biggest fan? And man, that kid's face lights up. Way to go, Austin. Big I was brother. about to say, way to go, Austin. Way to go, Paige, for selling it. This is uh, a oh, cool way to go. scene. You did great. You did great. You did great. But here's Mitch. Actually, we got to get Zoe home. Uh, how long is this going to last? To which little Zoe's like, I don't need to get home, Mitch. Ah, fuck. I really wanted that girl Boom, to have... they're going to meet the splits. I wanted her to have that sass like, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't go there. She's a very likable, yeah. likable little kid. Uh, so Mitch then, before they meet the splits, slinks off to check in at work and make some work calls on his cell phone. As, at like 10 at night. As the rest of the group follows Paige backstage. Uh, speaking of backstage, Stevie starts chugging from a bottle of whiskey, a style... <laughs> And he informs the four splits, he runs into the banana splits back there, that, you know what, we've been canceled. And you guys are never going to p- perform in front of an audience again. And they're just sit, standing there like a bunch of, you know. Robots. Robots. And he's happy about this, because he's hated every minute of working with you assholes. You can tell by Drooper's... Steve, they're, they're robots, man. You, well, he's drunk. Oh, like you've never gotten drunk and talked to a pl- <laughs> household, well, household appliances? Steve, as Stevie is the only human actor on the show, he would be making some coin. He's basically least. Billy Madison. This <laughs> Stop looking at me, swan! Oh, he's, he's toast. Uh, but uh, we can tell by Drooper's eyes glowing red, uh, he doesn't like being talked to like this. In fact, he's so pissed off, he follows Stevie back to his dressing room and shoves a giant lollipop down his throat. I thought this this scene it was while it was an interesting kill, literally just worked that long. Like, <laughs> it's there's a lot of blood splatter and Stevie's neck does stretch out to the shape of the giant lollipop. I appreciated that one. Uh, but as far as the first kill in a movie goes, I give it a C plus. Yeah. Well, I mean, my brain instantly went like, how did that big lollipop get through his mouth? Because his mouth was perfectly fine. They're robots, Todd. Advanced robots. Damn, but you can't advance robots. <laughs> These splits. I thought it was an art. I thought it was like Cody. I thought it was an interesting kill concept, yeah. execution wise. Yeah, C plus. The banana splits uh, are seemingly yeah, cognizant beings now. They're understanding what people are telling them. They're learning. Boys. It was that update. They're learning. Where do bananas go to learn, Yax? Where where do bananas go to learn? Sunday school. <laughs> Yaks, are you? Clo- oh, you're, no, you're, I'm, you're done. I've okay, let me tell you a little bit about our second cigar. Let me make sure I don't. This one is an interesting story. Is it a diamond in the rough? I was hoping tonight's movie would be. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's the idea. Now you're getting it. I was hoping there'd be mayhem. And despite my apprehension towards the movie, I thought maybe this will be a diamond in the rough. Boom. The Black Diamond Radiant Cigar uh, by J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Our first J.C. Newman offering, unlike CLE. I was going to say, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm going to tell you a little bit about them in a minute. It is a four and a half by 52. This is considered a short Robusto. Most Robustos are at least five inches. It's four and a half. Yeah. The wrapper is Connecticut Cuban Seed Sun Grown. Binder Dominican. Filler Dominican. 
This is our, as I said, our very first offering from J.C. Newman. It is the oldest cigar company in America, founded back in 1895. Oh, wow. Over 100 years old. Oh, gee. And I'm excited about this one. Here's what the J.C. Newman's press release had to say about this cigar. Let me take a sip of my banana beer here to wet my whistle. Listen close. This is interesting. The Diamond Crown brand, which has been around for a while, the the actual Diamond Crown brand, is synonymous with excellence and was the first cigar of its kind when Stanford Newman launched it for for the company's 100th anniversary. He had a dream of launching the company's first luxury cigar. He didn't care how much it cost to make or even if it sold. He just wanted it to be the best. As the newest member to the Diamond Crown family, Black Diamond, what we're smoking tonight, offers a uniquely exquisite taste featuring carefully aged tobaccos not found in any other cigar in the world. It is handcrafted by the finest cigar makers at Tabacalera Arturo Fuente in the Dominican Republic exclusively for J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Fuente doesn't make a lot of cigars for I was about to say, yeah. Um, That's kind of a cool relationship there. Eric and Bobby Newman worked closely with Carlos Fuente Sr. and Carlos Fuente Jr., developing a new blend worthy of the Black Diamond name. Five-year-old age filler tobaccos are exclusively grown for the Black Diamond by the Fuente family in the Dominican Republic and meticulously hand-rolled into a rich-tasting Connecticut Havana Seed sun-grown wrapper. The Diamond Crown... (coughs) Excuse me. Black Diamond is a small batch... Epicurean cigar and is very limited in production because it is held to the absolute highest standard of quality control. The cigar is only offered in 150 retail stores nationwide, making it a rare find and a rewarding smoke. Hmm. So not only have we not done a J.C. Newman, we haven't done that many Fuentes. Uh, That's true. Have we done one? Yes. We did. Yeah, we did the Clara, the Clara, the Claro for uh, St. Patty's Day one year, and that's it. I do have a a special one. um, I was hoping to get to this year, but well, time's running out as it always does at last few months. Uh, So we have not uh, Tut. When we first met, you were a huge Dominican Arturo Fuente fan. I am. am. Um, Still are. I still am, but I have to say the Nicaraguans have kind of stole my heart. I mean, I, I hold yeah. a soft spot for Fuente. I, uh, Fuente is one of the, the, the short story. The Hemingway short story is one of the first smokes that really as a... To me, it's one of those things to where if you go in... If you are limited, like like we were at Disney World, and uh, there's actually a... I can't remember the name of it. There's actually a humidor place or cigar store in the Disney town, downtown Disney thing. Uh, but they were doing like a lot of local cigars. They didn't really do a lot of boutique cigars. Uh, but then back at the hotel, they had like the one little small little, glass little, little humidor. Glass tower and you know it's all the, it's the your punch, your... Uh, Macanudos. Macanudos, all that stuff. And they thankfully they had that little short story there. And I'm like... You, you can't go wrong with a short story. I I love the Hemingway short story. It's one of my very first premium cigars that really just kind of yeah sparked my interest. Uh, man, I'm getting a lot of sweetness. I was about to say, I wasn't going to classify it as sweetness, but there's a crispness to the cold draw. Uh, on, on the, 
And for one thing, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful rustic. It's it, not glossy. It is a dark it's, Connecticut, yeah. dark as night wrapper. And that band is just embossed and just pops yeah. out of there. It looks a little too much like Crown Royal with the purple. And the cra- <laughs> and the, it like does. <laughs> oh, by the way, these came in a little purple sack. <laughs> a little purple sack. <laughs> they should have. And with four glasses. But I will say the presentation on this is just, it's very, very it's cool. It's a beautiful it's wrapper. Beautiful. Uh, I, I'm getting, I got cold draw, uh, sweetness on the cold draw. Yes. And then just a really, I'm getting sweetness off the wrapper itself. It I, is. I, that, that was my number one thing. Just... Just that aroma. Oh just, man, I I mean, I hope this thing is just thick and meaty and juicy with and this dark and the purple. Sweet, I hope so because sweet raisins. It's beautiful looking. It I mean, is. It's one of those cigars that just it's beautiful. They were shooting for something special, and I think presentation alone, it's got Tut's eye. Mine too. It, it's just a really, uh, and it's feel that it is a firm pack. Like man, it. This, there's not a loose... Uh, it's it, not squishy. Th- this thing is packed to the gills with tobacco. Um, okay. Well, we'll light up and... Uh, Maybe. I'm just going to sit here and look sexy for a while. Uh, yeah, you smoke too fast. Why don't you do that? Why don't you <laughs> let us get a little bit of a head start this time around. Uh, I, Man, I, if, if, the Win- if the Winwood Hills Mayhem survived this beer, I, I think this badass dark bastard will, will be just fine. Oh, by the way, uh, anybody know what Epicurean means? Like the definition? Or just like, what does it mean in terms of cigars? Oh, in cigars? Yeah. I'm familiar with it as far as food. Yak Boy, look up the definition of Epi- Epicurean for no, us. I'm kind of curious about this. Did they use that in the description? Yeah, yeah you, you read, read it, and I'm like, we're cigar ex. That was my air quotes, experts. I just don't know what what it means. What does it mean in food? Epicurean is a person devoted to refined, sensuous enjoyment, especially good food and drink. So this is a refined cigar. Yes, a small batch Epicurean cigars. It can be enjoyed by those with the palate that can recognize fine things such as ourselves. Like pencil shavings. Hey. <laughs> they, they caught us on the right night. <laughs> what sort of delicious taste? Pencil shavings. Oh, my God. I can't believe how accurate that was. <laughs> Boom. That's why that website years ago commended me as having one of the top palates in, oh the, God, in, here the, we go. in the known free world. Or was it the universe? It was the universe. I had one of the best yeah, pilots in the universe. Why not the multiverse? I think, I think I mean. some of your other fellow people like Janet T. and Larry D. They also, too, had refined uh, pilots. Roper S. writes in, Tut, you ignorant <laughs> slut. Wait, what? Come on. <laughs> That's hey, harsh. I, I didn't want I didn't want to read that last email aloud. You put me in a position. <laughs> you, you put me in a position where I had to. You were coming at me with all sorts of conspiracy theories. Google it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to open another drack here before we get back to the film. Uh, I man, I love the beer. It is delicious. It I ain't think- bad. I think maybe this is my compromise, you know, whenever, like, we go to the Roma Craft, 
headquarters and drink with Skip, and he has all these rich coffee stouts and all that. That's not really my cup of tea. I think if I'm going for power, quadruples is where it's at. What's after quadruple? Quin quintuple? Do they even make? Quint- do they make? Quintuples? No, they do not make quintuples. <laughs> could they? They probably could. If we get a, you know, there's a bunch of hipsters in Austin right now. And we're going to make a quin. Twirling their mustaches. <laughs> Have you made a quintuple? Quintuple was so last year. We're on the six tuples now. To the food truck. <laughs> uh, All of a sudden, it's Dreyfus with the hipster mustache. <laughs> 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 I like to grab all the beers. I was in bed with some quintuplets one evening. <laughs> Um. Yeah. It's. Just, I. I just think. I think for heavy beers, this is. This is the way to go for me. What's well, ta- one thing I like is that uh, for a double digit, it's not medicinal. Uh, that alcohol. Sometimes you get that medicinal taste, or yeah, it's powerful, but it tastes like crap. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is kind of a lot of. No, I think the it. spices and the malts are balanced really well, where you 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 don't get turned off by it. It's yeah. It's, it's actually a very warm kind of just enjoyable beer. Well done. Whatever Cody said the name of the company was. Stein, Bruce, and Heimer. Stein, Bruce, and Van Steenberg. I'm the famous beer brewer, Arnold Braunschweiger. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Can we? That's nice. Mm. Light them up, boys. Oh, I, I, I'll talk a little bit of... Uh, here you go, Tut. Uh, Thank you. I'll get back in the movie here, and I'll check back with you in a minute. As Paige leads the lucky few... Uh, the guys, the families with the stars on their tickets, behind the scenes to meet the splits, we learn that while Mitch is indeed not Austin's dad, the older brother, he is little Harley's natural father. That blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure he was his stepdad too. The guy, he's got no interest in him. He really doesn't. I mean, that was kind of like the way he treats second. him, especially when he's like, "Don't call me daddy." Like I thought he was just like the new dad. This is actually his kid. He's what the hell? He has truly earned his Mitch, dickish Mitch. reputation. No, no, I'm not, I'm not doing the Mitch anymore. Now I'm anti Mitch. You're, you're off Mitch. I'm off Mitch. <laughs> he's a great idea. dick. Uh. Austin tells Beth, you know what? Mitch is a selfish prick. He hates both of us. And and she denies, you know, she does what they do. She denies it all completely. Listen, Austin, there's no place he'd rather be than right here with us. Then where is he, Austin? Class back. So Beth walks off in search of her missing douchebag husband. Where is Mitch, yaks? Mitch. Oh... He is outside. He's outside. That's the first sign that something's wrong. He stepped outside, you guessed it, fellas, to call his side piece. Yeah, it's my kid's birthday. I can't get away. Not tonight. Mitch. Now, I'm going to still do the Mitch, but a, a Mitch. What's up with the side piece? I mean, wouldn't the side piece be like, dude, the way you treat your kid? I don't want you. <laughs> right. I'm at my stupid I mean, son's birthday party. I can't get away for a while. I mean, oh, that's literally, so hot. I mean, that's the thing. It's. It, I love how you disrespect all your obligations. And the, like what you just said, but it's it's is your actual kid. 
I couldn't believe he was the actual father of this kid. Like, At least you got to choose yours. <laughs> you got to choose yours. <laughs> but this. Beth finds him in the middle of this illicit conversation. When she grabs his cell phone, she goes through his text, and there's literally hundreds of semi-naked pics on there. Him in the shower, Kara, his assistant, sending hit booty pics, and, and it just goes on. There's hundreds of these sexual... Uh, Sexting. Sexting. There you go. You are so in touch with the the modern times. They're sexting back and forth between each other. Cody, let me see your phone. Uh, let me see your phone. No, 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 no. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. What I do don't want to see. What have you been texting him? Oh, God. This is the end of the Tuesday Cigar Club podcast. <laughs> uh, well, he's caught red-handed. And when Austin barges outside, he's been listening on the other side of the door. I got the impression. And declares victory. I always knew this guy was a total chode. Beth orders her oldest son back inside. This is between us. To which Mitch, all of a sudden, he's busted. He's got nothing to lose. Us? That's a joke. There's no us. There's never been an us. Ouch. He decides in that instant to push all his marriage (laughs) chips into the middle of the day. I'm going going all in. in. Going all in. You know what? She again. saw those, the sex. I, okay, let's see what happens. There's no us. Let it roll. We've got nothing. That's what the dealers even look let's at. Not, let's not like, talk about our child no. we've had together. I think the hangover comes into play here. You know, when you got a really bad hangover, you're not quite thinking straight, and you're like, I just want this to be over. I just, I, this is an uncomfortable situation. I just want to get... <laughs> there was no us. There never was an us. I get the feeling maybe he knocked her up with Harley and, you know, they got married and whatever. Uh, He tells her, go grab the kids. I'll be waiting out in the car. Like, he takes kind of a dominant, plants his feet in the ground like, hey, you know what? I'm busted. I'm an asshole, but I'm still going to call some It's a bold move. (laughs) Bold move. I think she should have just turned around. Uh, You got called taxi jackass. Exactly. Okay. Get your shit out the house by the time we get home. Besides Harley, the kid I've already mentioned, these three thespians here in this scene are really good, too. I want to give them a shout. I knew Mitch. Steve Lund's the actor's name. He's on one of my favorite current shows right now, Shit's Creek. It's a sitcom you can watch on Netflix. Uh, it's Eugene Levy and his yes. son write it. Oh, my God. It is, it's literally the funniest show on TV right now. And he plays this bisexual the Mitch guy plays this bisexual kind of Lothario who's sleeping with all the men and women but he's really good in that so I knew he I knew he was good uh, but the mom Danny Kind and Austin Romeo Carrera they're super convincing in these roles for this for this movie to have this many check marks as far as acted good acted good I'm believing this that's unusual, especially for... I, I, I'm kind of categorizing this in a sci-fi movie. It did premiere on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Uh, granted, this one has cussing and more gore put into it, this right. version we watched. But usually the acting is the weakest link in these concept movies. Yeah. We got the banana splits. Let's just get some fucking faces well, yeah, on and screen. Well, yeah, like I said, other than Dude, him, I mean... She's great. Her sons are great. Mitch is pretty damn entertaining. Like... They really came through, and I gotta give credit to the chick who directed it. I mean, she works good with. That sounded 
Am I in trouble now? I called her a chick? No. Okay. That's what we do. The the female who directed this movie did a wonderful job with these actors. Now. Uh, well, I might have some questions about her talents at staging horror set pieces and those kind of things. She knows how to work with everyone. In, for the majority, everyone acting-wise in this movie was great. I did not yeah. know that this was a sci-fi project. And it, the it, fact it, it, it that wasn't. it is... It wasn't. They made it. And then sci-fi wanted to premiere it, so they edited it into a sci-fi movie. They got rid of some of the heavy violence, the cuss words. Okay, then my upcoming critique stands. It's not a sci-fi movie. Okay. Although it feels, for not being a sci-fi movie, it feels a lot like a sci-fi movie. Hey, like in a cigar. Uh, a little too early to tell. Dark and rich. Is it? Yeah. Because I'm not getting the richness. For me, it's... Uh, I got to go with him. There, There is definitely something there. I can't can't place it right now. I mean, maybe a little, a little chocolate. Or at least some uh, some cocoa. Something. No, there's right cocoa. There. I, I think dark chocolate is actually more accurate. There's a, there's a dark chocolate. Um... It's a really uh, enveloping uh, spice on the nose. Um, some woodsy characteristics. Mm-hmm. Also, you get that. I'm gonna go with hickory. I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure because I was like, I was thinking maybe, maybe the little bit of the breadiness was coming from the beer. But I'm, I'm not getting any breadiness in the cigar. So I'm, I'm getting. Like rich, woodsy, hickory kind of uh, woodsiness. Um, I'm not getting any of the. Unfortunately, not none of the sweetness that I was picking up on that wrapper no, no, early on. Um, just a, a, a really nice retrohale. Um, no real discernible other than those flavors quite yet. But uh, it's to me, it's it's teetering right below full strength. No. I'm not picking up any of that. What you getting? Nothing. Nothing. Really? I don't know. I like. I like the feel of it, just because of that. <laughs> it's packed. Yeah. With tobacco. Like there's, you can't squeeze. I mean, there's not a, there's no squishing it. I mean, it is it's just a dense, heavy cigar. Uh, I will say this. Well, I mentioned that you know it's a nice retro hill. I can't discern any what it is. It's not pepper. It's not jalapeno. Nope. It's not. But it, but I mean I I do like whatever that is. And then I'm just getting that kind of uh, like you said, some dark chocolate, a little bit of kind of woodsy hickory, and that, that's about it. But I do think it's going really well with the beer. It does. I, I'm liking the pair with the beer. Tut's getting like literally nothing. I'm literally getting nothing. It's like you're smoking nothing. No, I mean, I'm smoking like 10% flavor. I can tell there's something there, but there's nothing that's really like jumping out and standing out. And okay. for Tut, it's a cigar. Well, I'm holding off. I'm holding off. I'm seeing right. what happens. All right. Maybe it's going to build that up. First, I'm just saying that first initial light that wasn't... And maybe that's the bad thing about comparing two cigars like right back to back. Is that, you know, 
from the light, that other one was just like, Pazow! Here's your flavor. Shove this flavor in your mouth. Well, the doctor questioned me without questioning me. He said he trusted me, but here's why I think you might be wrong. <laughs> Last episode with, with the Southern Draw, where we did the, you know, lesser in strength kudzu lustrum before the triple Ahero brimstone, and he was wondering, what if you'd done these reverse order? In my mind, if you're going to be, no, you're going to be smoking two cigars, I always go the lighter. Right. Right. It yeah, just makes sense. More subtle. It just makes sense to right. go the more subtle cigar first, because I don't want to blow up my palate with the, with a strong Connecticut broadleaf, and then try. Well, I mean, to pick if, up if you're wanting to come off the roller right. coaster, but it seems it seems like kind of a waste of a good cigar coming off the strong one. Right. You'd rather just go to like you know a, almost a generic cigar afterwards. But yeah. I sent the doctor the next day that link to that website that said I was one of the foremost pairing experts in the Milky Way galaxy. Of course you did. I am getting the woodsiness. Uh, Hickory? I don't know if it's hickory, but it's It's definitely... It's hickory. It's hickory. It's hickory. Huh? Dash. Let me sniff my pencil. Only the finest bats are made from it. Actually, I think it might be pine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'll come back. Look. I'm just I'm safe and sane right now. I am enjoying it. Yes, that's beautiful smoke profile. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's a really dark, oily wrapper. I would I would expect the smoke to travel up it like it is and just kind of uh, dance around. That's pretty. Pretty burning cigar. Uh, back inside the studios. An eager stage dad has grabbed his daughter away from the Banana Splits photo op to find a producer who can appreciate his offspring's offspring's potential star power. He's always telling her, you know, stand up straight, be ready to sing. Like, this is our shot. This is it. This is stage dad, manager. This is your big master plan. Go to the Banana Splits show, sit in the audience... And then when no one's looking, grab your daughter and just randomly start barging in offices and have her. This you, is this you is would, your, sounds th- good. You would think there would be, you know, because there are, you know, tryouts all the time to where you can take your kid to well when get them pa- potential roles. When Paige the Page chases after them, the Facebook bloggers remember Thad and Poppy. They see an opening to scamper off unsupervised and explore the backstage area as well for the delight of their 218 social media followers. I don't know. I get the feeling it just kind of like turns into sort of this Willy Wonka thing where like everybody goes off. It's got a a feel to it. So. Willy Wonka didn't like it. Because, I mean, the little girl, if you had had stuck the daughter in like a little red dress, she would look like Veruca Salt. Yeah. She doesn't want any part of this, though. It's her dad who's pushing her into this. She's very uncomfortable with the whole thing. Uh, well, Harley and Zoe are snooping around the studio by themselves. Everyone else split. Uh, Mom's outside dealing with Mitch. Mitch. That young girl playing Zoe is really, really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. She kind of reminded me of the, the young... Uh, am I in some kind of trouble here? Remember the young kid that was getting babysat in the latest Halloween movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's just like you can... But he was very charismatic. I mean, just, it was just... 
natural. Natural, just, natural yeah. charisma for a kid that age. It was. Yeah. I kind of got the same sense. Um, Harley can't believe they're actually here, and Zoe, who didn't want to come in the first place, can't believe she's actually enjoying it. They're actually kind of hitting it off. And I like the way that they treated her well, because they could have easily stereotyped her into the sassy character that's just sass and everything. Or it could have gone like that movie we did, Rim of the World, which was kids this age, where all of a sudden they try to make a love story with these two eight-year-olds. Remember how weird that, that was? Yeah. But they did that in that movie. It was yeah. like there was a sexual tension among these kids. Like, no, this was just two innocent kids. Kind Being of kids at a cool little And show. kind of slowly yeah. seeing them kind of build a friendship. It was, yeah. I liked it. Everything I liked about this movie had to do with the actors, not the, the fucking script. banana splits. Elsewhere in the studio, stage dad finds producer Rebecca in her office. She's packing up her shit. You know, it's her last day. But before his daughter can get through her well-rehearsed rendition of Junk in the Trunk... Go ahead, honey. Go. Who's that got that junk in the trunk? What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk. And I like the producer. The producer had the appropriate reaction. That's one, completely inappropriate, and two, extremely dated. (laughs) (laughs) Coming from the producer of the Banana Split Show. Uh, Ironic. Uh, she tells them, you know what? The show's canceled. Get the hell out of here. Uh, this is break. Paige just showed up because she was chasing the, the dad and the daughter around. This is news to her. Uh, and she's like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, it's our last show. She's kind of... Her reaction, you know, so we're out of a job, basically. It was... She's great, too. The page, The page is great. Uh, her name is Nalida Mahala, and she's talented as hell. Uh, I'm going to shit on a lot about this movie, but the acting certainly delivers. It um, It kind of goes in reverse, like you said. You Normally you expect... But dude, in that little moment of her hearing that they got canceled, just in her reaction, Paige's reaction to Rebecca, her face said, like, fuck... It's all just from her expression. I got bills to pay. I got rent. This sucks. And I'm really good at my job. But obviously, I wasn't going to be here forever. I'm a pretty talented person. So I'll, I got all that just off two seconds yeah. on her face. That's great acting. This well, movie doesn't deserve this good of a cast. Well, and you know, like I said, like you said, it, it's kind of reverse. Normally, they would spin it all on this, the horror effects, the that sort of part of the story but here they literally like the little things that people threw in because like we, i said you know they we always say if you don't care you can't scare right here i care but the movie can't scare me <laughs> <laughs> look at these horrifying effects eh. are they um the bloggers find the low-lit abandoned set of flegel's magic shop which doesn't looks like it hadn't been used for a while and he turns on Poppy's phone to Facebook Live his marriage proposal to her. He gets down and says, this, this place means so much to him. He, he grew up watching the Banana Splits. I just, in everything about this special moment, I need to share it with everybody else. Well, 200. Maybe three, in actuality, three people. Uh, he actually does ask her before he turns on, do your parents follow you on Instagram? She's like, yeah, he's like, and he wants them to I see. I liked it. it. I like that part. Oh no, that little moment was yeah. He cares. Uh, 
but for some dumb reason, she accepts his marriage proposal. My theory is they're both dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite you know analysis. I think that theory is going to hold up. Uh, there's a cool shot here where he's streaming live, holding his phone up, and we see Flegel appear in the doorway behind him on the cell phone screen. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. That was a good touch. I thought that was a really nice shot. But there really wasn't just enough ominous music. Well, when your score's composed by one of the guys in Fallout Boy, what do you expect, Yax? Sweet, sweet ominous music? No. Come on, look. You had a keyboard player right there. Just... (laughs) No, I don't even mention the soundtrack because it was non-existent. I never noticed it. There was a... In the very first scene when she was tucking the kids into bed, they worked that tra-la-la into kind of like a lullaby thing. I'll disagree a little bit because they worked that tra-la-la theme like 15 different ways. So in terms, I didn't even notice. It's all through there. Uh, well, you so know, in terms of variations on a theme, it was very smartly done, but it did not fit the genre. It did not work with the moods. It did not help any of the moods. I mean, I only there was no it in the well, and that, like, like like Cody said. You know, you want to get that ominous, like you know, creepiness when. Legal's there, and you know something's going to happen. No, I didn't and it just wasn't there. It didn't help to do anything. Well, and I think that's my thing here is like you know the tra la la thing is that's literally because it is such a normal, happy, joyous kids show type song. Oh, you could go modal with that and make that scary as fudge. And how you know creepy child voices doing the tra la la? Come on. Oh come on! That's I mean that's a that's, staple since the eighties. And you it's too easy. And yeah. You, but you didn't. That's even probably get that. what it was like. It was like, no, 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 it's too cliche. Too cliche. That it might, would totally have that might give though. the audience a sense of terror. I don't want that in my movie. Okay. It's too Is it a horror movie? No. I'm pushing past genres. Flegel walks over to them and grabs the cell phone. He drops it in his magic sack. They're all like, "Ooh, he's doing something." He waves his wand over it. Banana Cadabra, he says. It's the first time we've heard them talk. Yeah. Uh, and he proceeds to break the phone into pieces. Just smash. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He's, he's doing something. It's magic. Then he traps the Thadster in a magic show box, like where they saw people in half. Um, he grabs Poppy around her neck as he inserts giant saw blades into the box, slicing her Thadderific... That was one of his taglines. In fact, saws him in half. Into deli meat. He basically just carves this dude into deli meat. Facebook Live? How about Facebook Dead? (laughs) (laughs) Am I right, Tut? Uh, Flegel pulls the magic box apart, like in the middle when you separate people, and And all his guts and insides just spill out. That was actually pretty neat. The practical practical was really great Yeah, it was like real sausages falling out and stuff. Like, it looked good. But unfortunately, I mean, just the whole scene was not shot well. I'm just kind of like, this could have been creepy as hell. The whole thing could have been creepy set up. And I'm, dude, I'm not scared... You just 
Well, you know, I thought what maybe this was going to be a First of all, your killers are giant fucking Muppets. But that could be scary. If, Do you know why I like this movie? Why I like this concept? There are two things that scare me. Clowns and mascots. Not mascots like where it's a human with a painted face. Well, that's kind of a clown, so I'll probably be scared of them. But mascots and like those... Remember Cats Fest when that bat or cat or whatever came around? It was a cat. Uh-uh. I don't want any part of that. It was a cat. I don't want So like the big Cincinnati red guy scares the shit out of I don't want any of that. That Buckeye dude or whatever. Oh, remember when we were... Oh, did that make sense? Because remember when oh, we were... Wait a second. What if the, What if it was they turned the corner and it was the Cincinnati Buckeye guy standing there? <laughs> no, remember... Ominous music remember playing. Remember when we were at that cigar lounge in Kentucky... Watching the late night college game, it was the Stanford game, and it was that tree, and he got all he got all weird, and like all of a sudden we all I don't know. mind seeing you it know, on bullshit. I don't like, mind seeing stupid, it on TV. Stupid mascot, like just like it shouldn't exist. I hate Tut is anti mascot. I am. I am. I don't like that stuff. So for me, you have a whole bunch of horror elements that you can play with. And if I'm not scared of this, it's just, what are you trying to... Gee, you know what? I had a really, three really creepy clown movies we could have done tonight, which would have scared you. No, I saw one of them no, on no, the plane. No, 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 that one that on the like, plane was not one of them. I could have swear you've watched that one before. Because I've seen that clown somewhere before. But then again, I, so had a lot of, I, had a lot of good, I had a lot of good ideas for tonight. Uh, where was I? Oh, so he chops that dude in half. His guts are all over the place. Ta-da! An excited Flegel the Beagle yells out. But just as he's about to strangle Poppy, he hears the voices of Harley and Zoe nearby. And he calmly stops, walks away to go meet the kids, and help them. Harley wants to help find his favorite character, Snorky. Just like that. Let's her go. I'm with Tut on this. There's elements that could be great here. For me, the biggest thing you could do, which doesn't cost a lot to accentuate it, is the soundtrack. Get someone in there that can creep you out on an audio level. Yeah. And, like, when... Dude, when he's looking at most of it. When he's looking at phone and we see Snorky or Fiegel or whatever the hell in that back doorway, there should have been a accompanying sonic element to that and then as they walk something that just says as they walk towards you there should be a growing tension as as the killings happen even when he's dipping those saw blades and chopping us dude to pieces there's no music there's nothing no accompanying horror at all there's not a great horror movie that doesn't have a great horror movie soundtrack well i was you know and i think really they could have used the sa- the the song itself for, to take it from literally the happy, happy all the way to through horror. The, all the way to the end of the movie where it was just creepy child voices singing it. I agree. I agree. And they, I think they could have done that in the background where it, do the whole thing and then just have it slowly. They just could have done a lot of things on this. Yes, they could have. So Harley wants to find Snorky. Where or where could old Snorky be? Well, we join Mitch out by the car where his assistant Kara is bombarding him with revealing selfies. If the doctor were here, I'm sure he'd say something like, My God! (laughs) Now that he's broken up with Beth, Mitch's horny levels must be just off the charts! 
And guess who's parked in a banana buggy watching our good buddy Mitch as he looks at all these revealing pics on his phone? Could it could it be Snorky? It is Snorky. Yes. Yes, you are absolutely right. Fucking Snorky. He starts chasing Mitch's ass all over the studio lot in his banana buggy. It's like Christine right here. Man. Yeah, it is. He's, <laughs> he's just running down like railroad tracks. But what I, he's running down, but I'm literally on either side, there's like a thing. He can just jump in and escape. Just like Christine. Was, it, you can always get somewhere where a car can't get to. They never do. Uh, I'm okay with that because that's. Horror movies are horror movies. Also, it just goes more to show me that Mitch is just a giant dumbass. <laughs> Mitch reaches the security station they passed at the beginning of the movie, uh, but when he reaches out to shake the security guard's shoulder, the poor guy's rubber fake head falls mm. off. This is horrible. Yeah, it was cheap. Uh, and I actually think that this was the guard could have been utilized better. For right? me, I was thinking that this guy has a cool horror presence to him. He did, and he and he like sees them at night. Like he could help, or he could do something. There's something. Nope. I mean, nope. for some reason, I really like this guard, and like you may, you you put him in there for five minutes, and he's History. gone. Uh, but it also, you know, at this point, I'm like, I asked it. I saw this. I was like, so when did when did the robots have time to just walk outside and kill this dude? Like that's yeah. the thing. These there's like three or four of them, and they're everywhere. Yeah, enough so where fifty audience members can't escape this lot without these four kind of lumbering robots taking care of them. Well, Barely when no one's looking, they turn into ninja robots. Well, the it's guards... kind of like, uh, how can Mickey be all over Disney World at the same time? Maybe there's more than one of them. Yeah. Oh, great. Now I can't let my kid listen to tonight's podcast. It's her favorite part of the week, is tuning in and listening to what her dad's been up to. I'm all... Remember we were smoking that big jolly green giant big green dick. <laughs> I don't know why I used my Alex Jones voice there. <laughs> Google it. Michelle Obama has a nine inch green penis. It's all uh, you know. Just Google it. It's out there. Uh, I got a little bit of a cold. I, uh, if I get too Alex Jonesy, let me know. Google it. Uh, so the guy, the security guard's head falls off, and as Mitch steps back out of the booth in horror, that banana buggy Snorky just runs his ass right over. It was his predictable, but I kind of liked it. His philandering ass right over. What is one thing I don't stand for, Yaks? Philandering. Philandering. But remember, at the beginning of the movie, when she said uh, Harley almost got run over by a banana buggy... Jesus, what an embarrassing way to die. That's how you got killed. Irony. I didn't pick I, up on the irony. Now I kind of appreciate I it. I don't do I immediately saw like, oh, look at you, fucker. <laughs> you thought it was hilarious when your son almost died. No, you're dead. Maybe. He wasn't killed in the banana buggy incident. Michelle Obama's penis came in at the last minute. It's all out there, folks. Infowars.com. I think X is about to pee his pants. <laughs> Wrong time to take a sip. How about that? When the banana split robots come over to take over humanity, look, Google it. Michelle Obama's behind the whole thing and her giant penis. Buy some of my whole grain supplement drinks. It can fuel you and your family for days in your shelters. Infowars.com. <laughs> 
<laughs> How's cigar treating you, Dut? Uh, I, I like it. There's a there's a pickup and strength. Uh, it is getting it's getting much more interesting towards the halfway point. Uh, still not terribly there. We I mean, had, I've had, got that woodsiness in there, and that's that's kind of it. I mean, there's a slight touch of leather, uh, not not too heavy. Uh, I don't know. Are you liking it? Yeah. No. I'm okay. kind of a big man. Okay. I'm not a man. I I don't know quite what it is, but I'm enjoying it. I do like it. Uh, strength has picked up a little bit. I am detecting a little bit of sweetness. I won't. I don't. I can't say like it's a sugar or it's anything like that. But it's just a just a little sweetness. I'd like to pick up some of that sweetness for sure. I still have a little bit of the the cocoa there, and all in all, I mean. It's good. I like it. Okay. It's kind of a weird reaction we're getting to the cigar. Yeah. I haven't really got that in a while. Okay. <laughs> it's when you back the movie, but I, I'm like stuck in the Alex Jones zone where I just <laughs> want to say, remember the overage stage dad and the daughter he was pushing slowly into preteen anorexia? Remember the over-eager stage dad and the daughter he was pushing slowly into preteen anorexia? Yes. Well, he finally finds Andy's network green room, and when he bursts in to introduce their newest star, he's greeted by Flegel, who grabs a can of hairspray and, with the help of a Bic lighter, melts the dude's face off. Just. And it's one of those where, once again, I'm going, okay, they're really holding this scene when anyone who's normally hits by. Oh, I got too close to a camera. You jump back, running away. But no, this guy just stands in the no, that He takes his jacket off. There's a scene where he's literally taking the sleeves off of his jacket As while his burned. face is burning. And I was like, what the hell is this? Let me get this blazer off. It was <laughs> not my good it was coat. Horribly, it was horribly shot. I mean, there was like, oh. I just, yeah, it was... Really? I, I missed the jacket takeoff scene. <laughs> it was bad. It's getting hot in here. I need yeah, to... It was pretty much my face is like a four-foot flame. Let me take off my jacket as I'm screaming because, like uh, Cody said, I'm not going to step back. I'm just going to sit here and take a face full of flame. While he's doing that, Bingo the Orange Ape drops a burlap sack over his highly talented daughter. And that's that. Man... I think this goes with with Tut saying these kills aren't necessarily bad, but they'd be so much better if the filmmakers just went for broke and showed us some crazy ass shit. I wanted Peter Jackson bad taste level, like dude, you somehow you talked Hanna Barbera, the makers of Scooby Fucking Do, to give you this. Come on, treasure. Tell me that property. freaking monkey isn't creepy as hell. I'm just saying that dude right there too. You somehow <sighs> got the keys to this 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 kingdom of mixture of nostalgia and creepiness. Go for broke. Go crazy. Show like just the most insanely inventive kills you could possibly do to the point where it's like, dude, we've had movies on here. We're like, oh, dude, that was just too. Go crazy. This shit is so tame and just generic 
and just I kind think of I literally, I literally think that once they got the IP, that was it. They were like, we got the IP. That's all we need. People are going to love this because of the IP. There was no thought behind it, the rest of it. There was no well, thought and, in the script. You know, and the what, actors were great. The whole problem with me and the entire what, thing is the script. Hurt, that's what hurts me as a, as a film watcher. Is like, oh, wow. You got this great property to do whatever you want with it. But somehow you've got these amazing actors. That never happens. Usually if a concept movie where it's just all about the concept, the, the actors suck. No. You have this great cast and this high concept thing. All right, now you spend your time crafting the kills and just go ballsy. And people will be talking about this movie 20 years from now. But if you do lame-ass shit, like guy getting squirted with hairspray and he's taking off his blazer <laughs> while his face is melting, that doesn't exist in real life. Well, it would be different if he was like, hey, let me take... He starts taking off his blazer and then he just, like, fries him, like... I'm just saying, it was just... It was horribly shot. It was horribly put together. But, you know, trivia-wise, yes, this is the only Hanna-Barbera property that has ever been turned into a horror. Correct. It's their only R-rated... Conceptually... It's a pretty fucking good idea. It is. It was just the horror side of it was just fumbled. I'm kind of curious about the editor. I think that the editor might have a lot of play here. Well, the director approves the soundtrack. That was a major fail. Yeah, but I think that the editor has. And I would a, think that the director would approve the editor. I don't know how I, these I don't movies know, maybe work, this is, but I don't know how <laughs> movies are made in the real world. But where I come from, if your direct, if your editor does some shit that sucks, the director tells you, re-edit it, do it like this. I got, I got to put this on the director. I'm putting it on everybody Maybe right now, except for the actors. Not quite understanding. I'm definitely putting it on the writers. The the horror genre, perhaps. Or maybe we're just completely jaded by the amount of horror films that we've seen. I'm not. I'm not. And I was like, I mean, that's the reason why I was into this movie. I was like, conceptually, it's a great idea. And I'm like, this is going to be cool. And it's lame. I mean, for me to say it's lame. It's a bunch of lame-ass kills. What I would like to see is Michelle Obama's nine-inch dong come out of nowhere, smack somebody in the face, because it happened in Bulgaria in 1997. She was a male college student. Google it. It's there. She's a man. <laughs> Buy some of my whole grain seeds. It can keep you safe in your shelter. Infowars.com. Use promo code TNCC20. God, I hope InfoWars gets hit with promo code TNCC20. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? It's a conspiracy from the left-wing zealots. Okay. I just thought now that things now that things are getting crazy in the, in the film... We got such a nice build-up. We got to know these characters. It's a lengthy build-up. Now things, when they go nuts, should go fucking nuts, and they don't. No. No, I... They never do. I thought it was going to... You know, I'm saying the same way. I thought these, you know, these kills, they seem... But I thought it was going to start to ramp up. up. Yeah, I thought we were building up to something. You know what we don't need to build up at all, my friends? What's that? That's right. Tobacco Special Cigars, made by the almighty Drew Estate. The same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nika Rustica, and more. Oh, yeah. Some big names. Yeah, they are. 
As JD would say, that Underground's a big fucking brand. That's a big brand. fucking brand. You damn straight it is. These cigars speak for their fucking selves. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers envelop a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. I'm a fan, and you will be too. Seek them out. Yes. I have to tell you a story. I was on the back deck. At your house? uh, At my house, and uh, lit up an underground Maduro. Okay. Oh, old school. Old school. And I was sitting there looking at that band, just enjoying the frack out of it. And I was just like... The cigar or the band? Both. Definitely the cigar. Because I pointed out the band in our interview with JD? No, not really, but I was just... It is one of the greatest bands in cigar history. I was just tasting the cigar and I was just I thought back to that interview that's a big fucking brand Undercrown's huge and well deservedly huge Um, again go to our YouTube channel watch our Kentucky Barn Smoker interview with JD we talk a lot about the Undercrown brand I brought it up because for me it's a very special brand from it's genesis the way it was created to where it's gone You know, we're talking about a Fuente cigar tonight. Uh, what we're smoking right now, um, they talk about lineage and history. True State's now what, almost thirty years deep in the history. Yeah. You know, been around for a long fucking time, and I think Underground Undercrown is one of their legacies. Uh, when that leg, when that Undercrown Maduro hit. It was the best cigar at that price point you could possibly imagine. And it was packaged perfect. The band was perfect. We, we talked with JD a lot, so go check that out. Uh, Tut, cigar, no. It's not really doing much for me, to be honest. It's not bad. I mean, it's not like yeah. I'm actually enjoying it, but I, I I'm I'm just I'm getting the, the the hickory woodsiness on the draw with a you know a little bit of um I guess it's that chocolate still just very yep. faint, but mainly the woodsiness is overtaking the profile. Um, yeah, I I'm honestly enjoying it very well. I I just don't have a lot to say about it, which you know me, I like to talk. That's that's kind of a, a rare thing. No, I'm sorry. You guys just kind of looked at each other and shook your head. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm not really picking up anything else. I mean, those few flavors that I had gotten, that's basically where it stayed. Well, you guys are a lot closer to the end than me. You want to talk price point? I'm kind of scared to. Fuente family, limited edition, uh, something to represent a cigar company's 100th anniversary. Oh, my goodness. What could possibly be frightening you? Uh, Let's see here. Tut, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, hell, this is going to hurt. I'm going to go 850. 850? Wait a minute. All right. What I would pay for versus what it actually is. 
100 anniversary. <laughs> this is it. $100. Might as well. Uh, it's an Epicurean experience. J.C. Newman. You want to talk about Epicurean? Our kids are eating Michelle Obama's penis. <laughs> hey, easy, in, easy, in easy, the, Alex. In the cafeteria foods. It's in there. It's in the deli meat. She chopped it off. They've been slowly introducing it into our children's diets for 10 years. It's ingrained in them. Google it. I have the antidote, Infowars.com. Use promo code TNCZ20. <laughs> I'm going to go right down the middle. 1150. Oh, close call. Close call. I was right around the 10.50-11 mark myself. What'd you say? He said 11.50. We're so off. We're so, so off. Slightly. Just slightly. He's going to go 11. I'm going to go... 1725. Huh. I'm just going to write that down right here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to beat it to death, but I'll put it to you this way. I'm about to grab a Florida Oliva, and I think I'll have more enjoyment off of a $2.50 cigar than I will that 1750 cigar. Pretty harsh on this one. Yeah. Speaking of beating to death, there's a tribe in Uganda. Michelle Obama flew in there on a private jet, beat all 900 tribes members with her penis. Then they severed it, ate it, shit it out. TNCC20, promo code Infowars.com. I'll tell you the whole story. Google it. God, I hope some people are putting that in. Help us. No, don't. Go to InfoWars and put in the promo code TNCC. You know what I don't believe, personally, that Michelle Obama ever had a penis. I think she's a woman. I think she's a remarkable woman. I don't think it was really ever a question. I think she's a remarkable woman. And I don't see where this nut job gets off attacking her so much. I'm doing that in satire, of course, when I talk in my... I don't listen to him, so I don't know whether he's a I never listen to him either. All I know is just... I sell grains and seeds. You can live under your house for six months at a time. It fits, honestly. It I just won't stop doing it because you guys won't stop laughing at it. Exactly. Well, I, uh, I actually remember Jones when he was like a Sunday... Like third rate DJ on KLBJ oh, in Austin. That's where I first heard him as, a, as like a as like a kid. Like and I KLB- was like, this dude is so ridiculous. And it's I, crazy. And I, and, I, and I and I was enjoying it because I was laughing at. Yeah. It. But then next thing you know, everybody takes him seriously and he becomes legitimate media. And I'm like, oh, so now I know what other cigar podcasts feel like when they see TNCC's legitimate media. Yeah. Are you saying they look at us like <laughs> we're the Alex Jones? We're the, Al- we're the Alex Jones Alex of the cigar world. No, we're not. Nancy Pelosi is a robot made from the same nuts and bolts as the banana splits. It's in there. It's Google it. As Paige, Beth, and Austin are searching for the missing <laughs> nice Harley transition. I gotta keep drink my. I got a very dry throat tonight. I'm going through something, so I, I gotta keep drinking, which is unfortunate when it's 
eleven percent beers. Uh, Paige, Beth, and Austin are searching for missing Harley and Zoe. The kids are still missing. When suddenly the show's producer Rebecca shows up and reassures them everything is just fine, everything's under control. Our kids are missing. There's blood everywhere. What are you talking about? She says this right as the stage dad with the melted face crashes into the room gasping his last breaths. What's wrong with you? What happened? He tells him the banana splits attacked him. But Rebecca is in a bind. There's a banana splits. They wouldn't hurt anybody. As worried mom Beth and Austin race off to find the kiddos, we learned in the meantime she's so cautious with her kids because she witnessed her husband die many moons ago. We don't know the circumstances, but she saw her husband die, and that's why she's so protective of her kids. Rebecca, the producer, tells the stage act, just keep breathing. This is our second film in our March to Halloween that featured that sage advice. Remember in Hoax, when the chick got in the the car and OnStar crashed in OnStar? OnStar, what's your emergency? Uh, crazy people were cutting me up into pieces, and I tried to escape. Okay, just keep breathing. Best advice ever. I think that should be on our t-shirts. Focus, Daniel. Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Just keep breathing. <laughs> so inspirational. <laughs> just keep breathing. It's, it's an involuntary function of your body, but you should keep doing it and telling yourself to do it. It's a given fact that every 950 molecules of air are filled with Michelle Obama's penis particles. This isn't me. This is science. It's out there. You can Google it. Uh, (laughs) You know what? When I do the Adrian Barbeau voice, it's like so soothing. Like I wake up the next morning like, oh, God, I've never... Talk so just like I, I wish just, you would do the barbo voice. Tomorrow I'm just gonna be like, All right, no way. Get the juice box in the lunch box. Let's just do this. I hope. God, I hope this doesn't carry. That's over. the way I usually sound like the morning. I hope the morning this carry after. over into the morning. Charles Mortimer, here's your cat dish. <laughs> you talk to your cats in that voice. That's why I do the morning after a podcast. Maggie, the reason you don't have apple juice in your lunchbox because Michelle Obama's penis. <laughs> no, I'll be sober by then. We now join Harley uh, and Zoe as Fleagle, the Beagle, has led them to the Splits dressing room slash workshop area. They discover the stage dad's daughter locked in the cage, and Fleagle barks, I've brought friends. We're going to have so much fun before shoving Harley and Zoe in the caged area. Man, I wish these fools had talked earlier. I think having them have voices would have made this so much better. Yes. The I think they were trying to make them as soon ominous. As, you, as soon as you made them cognizant creatures, have them talk. Well, I think it would We're have been an hour into an hour and a half movie, and they're just now starting to like say stuff. It would be far more creepy had they been as jovial in the beginning, like like right when they were about to run the kid over, when he steps out in front of their car, when they'd right. be like, "Hey, don't do that," you know, if they're talking. But then all of a sudden, now they're like, "Blah." 
But they're evil, but they're I still using those they all same just, voices. I, no, I liked how they all just stared at Harley when they almost ran over because they were just kind of... But now that they're full-blown batshit crazy, I want them to go Freddy Krueger and like making like sarcastic stuff. Like, because the, the director didn't choose a path. Because you had a path. Either make them really say some funny shit as they're carving up people and like make that a part of them. Or maybe don't let them say anything at all. She kind of went midway territory where they're just like, it's party time. And it's like that that milk toast kind of middle ground didn't work for me. I think they should have been talking a lot more. And if they're alive and they're having thoughts and having motivations of doing stuff, why not have them talk? Well. Hey, and, Drew, and it, well, hey maybe, Drooper, get that bitch. Well, maybe like, this, that would have been funny. Well, maybe this kind of goes with the thing of... As Beth and Austin are searching through a jungle set on some studio, you know, a bunch of big leaves and stuff yeah. for the kids, Bingo the Ape swoops down on a vine and grabs Austin. But Beth rips off her shirt and kicks Bingo's ass. Oh, she. She unfortunately off her shirt. has another shirt on underneath <laughs> that shirt. So this movie loses even more points with me. At this moment, I never really looked at Beth closely. I looked at her now. But the minute she took off that shirt, all of a sudden I'm seeing her. I just saw her as like the mom <laughs> character. But she ripped off that one shirt, and I'm like, Beth's got some. Boobs, and I was like, "That's kind of mad." Like all of a sudden, she like became like really attractive. Am I right? She she did. Did you think that earlier, or are you with me? That's when she became attractive. Well, I thought she was attractive, but now all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden her kids are in danger, and she's not taking any more shit. That was attractive too, the angry mama bear, but that little tank top and those. Well, she, she goes right up there and she, she kicks that monkey's ass. She does. Uh, they then find Poppy. I'm probably a 500 pound Terminator robot. I will pound your face into this <laughs> railing until you submit. Well, they then find Poppy, the blogger's fiance, still holding her dead blogger boyfriend's hand. He's been chopped to pieces in the She's been bones. staring at his guts on the floor now for like 30 minutes. And Beth finally convinces Poppy. She's heartbroken. To come with them. we got to get out of here. Back in the Splits workshop, the mad genius behind the monsters, Carl, appears. And despite the banana splits lopping off several of his fingers, like half his fingers are cut off, he's still loyal to his creations. He tells the kids that it's the network's fault. They shouldn't have canceled the show. It's all the banana splits have is the show. They're robots. They don't know any different. He agrees to unlock their cage, but just then Flegel comes in dragging Bingo's limp corpse behind him. Carl drops the keys on the ground and rushes over. He's an emotional wreck. It's like one of his own kids is hurt. You know, Bingo the... the I developed these you. cybernetic machines you. that no other person on the earth has ever seen. <laughs> capable of... Exactly. This guy should be working at NASA, not fucking the banana splits. Flegel <clears throat> struts over to the cage and tells Harley and the others, The Banana Split Show's about to begin! 
and that's all they need to know. As soon as he dances off, they grab Carl's keys off the floor and unlock their prison cell. Carl grabs the girls. Where do you think you're going? He's clearly had a change of heart. He's about to help them before his creations came in. But Harley spears him in the forehead with a red-hot poker, and they lock his crazy ass in the cage. He just had a random red-hot poker on the... Yeah, it's his, just straight there. His it's laboratory. Just, wasn't laboratory. even like a soldering iron. It literally was a red-hot poker. He's using it for stuff. <laughs> considering they're robots and it's all computers. I mean, you know, considering it's supposed to be... A soldering iron would have made sense to I'm, fit with I'm, the scene. I'm but instead, he apparently has point. a red-hot poker and an, an anvil and forge. This is where Yakboy jumps the shark. In most of our movies, it's like, why don't these people have a gun? You should have had a soldering iron. <laughs> I'm just saying. Everybody knows that a mad scientist <laughs> has a soldering iron. I've got a soldering iron in my bunker. You could, too. Promo code TNCC20Infowars.com. They took a soldering iron to Michelle Obama's penis <laughs> in Uganda, 2007. Back in the belly of the... <laughs> I hate what you guys make me do. <laughs> what? I hate it. But I can't stop it. Back in the belly of the studio, Flegel shows up and announces, It's sloppy time! Which I think I remember you announcing several nights in your dorm room at A&M. But that's another story for another day. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> to producer Rebecca and the stage dad. He takes them to the main stage where he forces them to run the sloppy time obstacle course. But with her shattered hands... I forgot to mention, Flegel broke all her fingers. Yeah. She's got like these horrible, crippled hands. And Stage Dad's melted face. He's still alive, he's still somehow. alive, still kicking it. We can do this. He's, 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 he's giving Rebecca like pep talk. If we get up to the. We can accomplish these tasks. My face is literally melting Your off my chin. But, uh, my cheeks have spot welded to my knees. But we can <laughs> do this. Hey, I give him. Let's not yes, even talk he, about the incredible amount. <laughs> Dude, not a you talk. get TNCC's two thumbs up of the day. Bravo, stage dad. Go, melted face. <laughs> no, no, melted face dad. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's hanging in there. He's doing great. <laughs> well, I don't think they stand much of a chance. As Flegel the Beagle tosses pies at them expertly and cackles, he, dude, he's loaded. <laughs> but dude, it just wasn't established they had personality, so the, even the laughing that Flegel the Beagle was doing, I didn't really buy it. No. Uh, the furry bastard ends up disemboweling Stage Dad and smashing Rebecca's face in with an oversized novelty hammer. This was a total miss opportunity. Go on, Ted. I think I'm with you. This could have totally been very macabre. I mean, this could have been just from the soundtrack going nuts like he acts once. You're talking about a girl with crippled hands and a guy with a melted face <laughs> running a sloppy, slimy obstacle course to a demented fucking robot. I mean, you could have when just you gone like nuts that, here. Yes. When you talk about going nuts, this is like the perfect recipe, and Let's you made go it nuts. And you made it lame. 
You made it totally lame. I don't remember what happened to him. I don't remember what happened to her. It was just lame. Yeah, it was very lame. Yeah, that's, that's I, pretty much it. I remember her getting hit I with wanted the hammer. More. I needed it, more. It just I got nothing. The premise, like you just said, out loud. When you, if you said that, hey, here's what's going to happen. I'm all about it. How do we do this? All right. I shot it. What do you think? No. Lackluster who? at best. Yeah, lackluster who? at best. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, anyone. At this point, I mean, I don't know who was in the room looking at this after it was edited and was like, no. At this point, I am literally like, if you can't get me here, you're not going to get me throughout the rest of this you movie. You had a guy with I a finished? melted face and a chick with, with, with French fry fingers, and you could do anything in this big elaborate obstacle course to do in this in this scene now is the time where you have di- fun. the dichotomy between what the twistedness going on now is the time when you bring in their jovial normal music that because it doesn't or fit any even if you were singing the Trolla Law song I would kind of get into it he didn't do any of that yeah. that and that's kind of why I mentioned Peter Jackson's bad taste a while back because that was an expert precision example of absurdity and taking an absurd set of circumstances and just going balls to the wall crazy and you should have done that with this, this this could have easily been absurd and it wasn't yeah. it was absurd how bad it was but that's not a good thing correct I agree but uh, I did finish the movie because I am a professional down the hall, Paige discovers that all the phone lines have been cut because Rebecca ordered her to go call for help. And when she goes for all the bags she confiscated the cell phones in, they've all been smashed to pieces. That's not good. Well, Flegel style. They haven't been smashed to pieces. They've been fine grinded into powder. Yeah, the screens are dust. These machines are so thorough when it comes to other electronics. The kids find their way to an enormous empty studio space where they are confronted by Snorky. Zoe tells the others, you run! And she gets ready to box the elephant. But Harley says, that won't be necessary. You see, Snorky, his favorite split, is different than the others. Harley reaches out his hand to Snorky, and Snorky takes it and doesn't crush it. (laughs) Well, there's that moment there. There was, yeah. It's a nice little moment. Uh... Harley starts singing the Tra-La-La song, fucker, and dancing to the Snorky Shuffle, fucker. And sure enough, his childhood hero begins to dance along with him. Fucker. Fucker. If I never hear that Tra-La-La <laughs> horseshit fucking song again. You mean the Tra-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-
and the two of them rejoined Beth and Poppy to find a way to stop the banana splits. You know, I can understand why Beth and Austin are sticking around. They got they got to find those kids. But Paige and Poppy should have been just making a fifty yard sprint through the fucking front gate. Well, Poppy's messed why up. Why are they staying there? Poppy's messed up mentally she, because she, she, she saw she, her fiance she, just yes. get hacked by a it, big jug it's and like, animatronic. It's like, it's like my wife. If if even if there was like a clear runway to safety. If something happened to me, she would be so devastated. There's no way in hell she could possibly get herself together enough to... Uh uh, My loss would be just... Doctor style. Inconsolable. The the amount of grief is just off the charts. But you're right. Paige just said... Paige just said, fuck fuck you. You said I'm canceled. I'm... Out of here! What the hell am I doing here? Yes. Uh, the group heads down to Madman Carl's workshop instead to get his help. If anybody knows how to stop the splits, it's Carl. But he ain't helping them one bit. The show must go on, he says. That's what the splits are programmed for. Keep in mind, he's locked in. The, remember, they locked him in the cage. The gang hears some music coming from below, and they grab some crude weapons, a hammer, a wrench, a crowbar. Because it's always wise to follow music down a creepy, dark tunnel. Hey, there's creepy, childish music coming from down the basement. Let's go. No. And they head down into the basement to stop the show. No. All of them, that is, except Poppy. No, she's... Off on a new we, quest. I think we've missed. I think kind of fucked up. I think we've missed kind of uh, judged how big her grief is. I didn't. She loved that. She sees an owl costume in the corner, and Carl explains that he was in the process of building a sister for the boys, Hootie. It's a fifth banana split, an owl. Poppy puts on the Hootie head and the glove, featuring extremely sharp talons. Yak boy, did I use that word? Talon? You did indeed. Owls have talons? They do. And she proceeds to slice the shit out of Carl. Cosplaying with a vengeance. I don't know why I said that like Guy Fieri. <laughs> uh, oh, I, yeah. I actually like this moment a lot from her. This actually makes sense. I was kind of numbed at this movie at this point, but then when she did that, I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. I'm with you. I was watching TV the other night, and I was like, you know what? I was like, what would it be like if that weird world of Alex Jones crossed over? Because, you know, when you're watching, like, uh, The Bachelor or football on ABC, like, started football, and they have, like, those promos for, like, those stupid shows they do. And I was like, it's just terrible. Because, like, you're watching football, and there's, like, this, at the bottom of the screen, these little characters pop up, like, Stumptown on yeah. Tuesday night, and I was like, I don't know why it just dawned on me. Like, how crazy would that be if, like, that was like in his world too, where like he'd get money for that? Like, all right, go buy my organic grain seed; it'll keep you safe in the event of a nuclear holocaust. By the way, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. Go to Stump. You want to watch Stumptown? She's a hardcore private detective that's not taking any crap from anybody. It's like, well, they'll never get him. Doing the live reads? Yeah, they're doing the live reads. Like, she's a badass private investigator who's not taking shit from anybody. 
Stumptown, ABC, 8 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday nights. She's a snarky book elite from Harvard. He's a down-home country boy from Alabama. They Look, whether you see it on ABC or you hear it, listen to it on InfoWars.com, it's still a stupid fucking show. Nobody's going to watch this crap. It'll be canceled in the air. We all know it. Go to InfoWars.com. <laughs> Stumptown. Are you kidding me? Who's going to watch that shit? Who the hell? What? What? Andy, the VP of I want programming? I I want something cool and edgy. I want to get the chick from How I Met Your Mother. I'm going to make her a detective, and we're going to call it Stumptown. Andy's about to be made into a stump here in a minute. Stumptown? Who approved that shit? People. But there you got, like, what's the guy on football who's the bachelor? Uh, Jesse. I don't know. Jesse Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer. He's like. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, Oklahoma ran for, you know, they got three, uh, five third downs. They converted. It's the, the change of the game. By the way, Tuesday night, Stumptown on ABC. Give me a break. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a Stumptown tangent. Down the basement, which is a series of vast dark corridors with shards of cloth hanging from the ceiling for some reason. Why? Why would that exist? And blinking lights. Why? Random blinking lights? It's a fully functioning Hollywood studio. Why would they have that? Why wouldn't (laughs) the random blinking lights be up in the robotic workshop? They should have been in the robotic workshop, but I will admit that it's a a Hollywood (laughs) studio. Like, random working lights? All of a sudden, I can see Cody's mom. (laughs) I'm kind of liking this. (laughs) Don't get him started. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it should have been in the workshop. It should have been in the workshop. Okay, can you explain why there's random no shards of, no. of like cloth no, hanging from the ceiling? Other than it kind of looks okay for the scene. Apparently, they've gone down a tunnel into the fifth level of Dante's hell. Paige trips over the corpse of Brad, her fellow Paige. He's got Bingo's drumsticks rammed into both eye sockets. I can barely remember Brad, and it. Oh, he had like a tiny moment. In yeah, early a half second. And it gets worse. Just around the corner, they find a landfill of dead, rotting bodies. All of the every, other families. Every single family that was there, the adults, is piled up on top of each other, uh, butchered to shit. But luckily, there's no sign of any kids. All the parents are killed. There's this, literally like 50 bodies. This could have been so much creepier than it was. Well, I mean, this scene no- actually was kind of creepy the way it was shot, but at this point, you totally lost me on everything else. That I, I just It would have taken I them two care. seconds. This is so bad. Early like, on. Did you see Tut just adopted an Irish accent? <laughs> this is so bad than anything else. <laughs> oh my god. You totally did. I don't. Dude, you're like five beers into a 10% ABV. I don't think that was me. That's like You've had 50% alcohol. You think after a certain amount of beers, I start hearing Tut in an Irish accent? <laughs> I think so. That's kind of cool. I'm not going to fight that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Kate. <laughs> Did you hear that? I know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're hearing. What's going on? Tut is the ghost of Patrick O'Malley. <laughs> Catholic priest touched a lot of kids. He's, Let back. Me what you're talking He's about. back with a vengeance. Google it. Uh... But no, it was, it, there was a lot more bodies there than there were audience 
Well, members in the here's seat. my thing. Like, once again, they give no precedent as to if they had, if they had shown like one of them like a deep like literally like the families are leaving and you see one of the banana splits with a detour sign. <laughs> that would that would have been pretty. Yeah, that would be nice. You would give precedent like, oh, go this way. Come this way for free ice cream. That's all you Boom. need to do. Two seconds. You made they killed sense them all. of it. But now all of a sudden you have a pile of dead yeah, bodies how they, and no precedent. I like it, yeah. But here's my, my my point is, it's late. None of these families have reported back home for hours, and none of their families have reported them missing or called the cops? Well, they got to be missing for 24 hours. I can understand if my family didn't report me missing... They're used to me disappearing off the map for three or four days. I get it. Gate hasn't these come look, home these look for like normal, five days. These look, like normal. these look like normal people, not me. The sheriff. Well, Mrs. Kate, uh, <laughs> have you looked in the backyard? No, that's the first thing. Did you look in the backyard? Did you look in the driveway? Is he in the back of his truck? Did you look in the mailbox? How's he going to fit in there? Oh, he'll fit. Just go look. <laughs> Special delivery, babe. Just Cade spilling out like those envelopes early on. Come on, uh, but dude, come on. It's 2019. If all these people didn't report home, somebody would have called the cops. I just, at this point, I'm, that's, uh, you're thinking way too much into this. Well, suddenly the group hears the screams of children and they Beth leads the charge. They're going to help. Sure enough, the banana splits are putting on a demented, extremely violent version of their variety show for their captive audience. And this time, they mean it. They yeah, chained them. They're literally captives. The kids shriek in terror as Stevie is wheeled out, the lollipop still lodged in his throat. I thought that was kind of a good look. And they set him on fire with an enormous blowtorch. Also, Snorky shows up with Harley and his friends, but when he locks their ankles to the rest of the kids, he gives them the key. Snorky's good. Snorky. Well, he's still following the... He's towing the line, but he gives them the key. Um, Paige says... I love this line. Paige, the page says to Beth, this show will never end. The splits will keep these children here forever, and this show will go on forever. No, Paige. Eventually the cops will... This isn't like Dante's Inferno. I don't think the cops will get past the pieces of cloth. (laughs) This is in purgatory. For the next 90 years, we have to live with this show. No, the cops will show up eventually looking for these They're robots. They're not deities. It's going to come to an end. Beth says bullshit to that and decides to take action. As she attempts to quietly break the kiddo's shackles, Flegel and Drooper bring out the Wheel of Endings. Was that a thing on the original show? Yes, it was. Okay. They did it on the thing earlier in the movie. I didn't know if that was a recreation or something new they did. Okay. So they actually had the Wheel of Endings? Okay. Uh, and Andy, the senior vice president of programming, is strapped to it. Nailed to it. Remember, we just saw the cigar Nailed drop. 
We saw the cigar drop. We didn't I see him. That was die. kind of macabre. He shouts, You can't do this! I'm the senior vice president of programming! God, this guy's dialogue. <sighs> it's inexcusable how bad this guy's it's dialogue the writing. is. It's, it's, it's not just him. I mean, it's just it's no, the it's, writing it's of the, the whole thing. It's the screenplay. It's terrible. But luckily, we don't have to hear any more of his dialogue. Flegel spins the wheel of endings, and it lands on Banana Split. So well, he and, I wonder what that could mean. So he and Drooper each grab a set of arms and legs, Andy's arms and legs, and yank them off of Andy's torso with blood and ligaments flying everywhere. Beth couldn't stand the thought of all these kids witnessing such a traumatic event. She's a mom. Yeah. She have, witnessed her husband die. They're going to have PTSD for years. No so shit. she breaks her cover and runs out, Kids, close your eyes. Don't watch this. Which what fucking twelve year olds gonna be like? <laughs> well, how can they? They have no. They can't get their hands oh, up from the chains. No, they all bend over and don't watch. Um, production note. I thought that was really cool, Beth. Yes. She's, regarding she's the ultimate mom. Regarding the banana split kill. I will give it to the actor who did the uh, producer. Appropriate amount of scream and appropriate amount of hysterical scream. Okay. You're being ripped apart. I thought it was a good touch. There's been other times where I've seen a kill to where it's like, ah, stop it. I, don't no. know, I, start, I, I almost for a second I started getting a little flashback to Bone Tomahawk and I was like, I don't need to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and the other one we did, uh, Green Inferno with the cannibals. Yeah. There was way too much screaming. Yeah. Actually, the clown movie that we were watch- that I was watching over the shoulder. I think you fell asleep at the torture <laughs> porn stuff. To where in the clown there was like one girl hanging upside down and he splits her. I was just kind of like, I'm over this. So you liked Andy's disciplined approach to screaming? Well, I thought it was the right amount of terror. Okay. But yeah, I kind of like uh, yeah, cause I'm just uh, well, Beth, let's get this over with. As soon as the silent, because I looked away because I don't want to see that. So when the silence stopped, I was like, "It's good." Well, Beth, uh, she's a good mom, and she has that protective spirit. Well, except for the part where she brought Mitch into their lives for closer to a decade. She wasn't really thinking about her kids then, right? Yeah. No. It's the father of her child. He's got to be something. There was something there once. Didn't need to live there. <laughs> Very true. During Andy's death scene, he's now the fifth banana split. Stumpy. His yeah. arms and legs are gone. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not, not good. <sighs> Harley is able to unlock all the kids' chains and everyone runs off screaming. Except Beth, that is, who stares Flegel in the face as she holds her wrench high in the air. Come on, you fuzzy son of a bitch! She beats Drooper's ass, but Flegel grabs her by the throat and holds her down in front of the blowtorch. Just then, Austin swoops in and rams his crowbar through Drooper's mask, taking him out of the equation, but this really pisses Flegel off as he starts pounding and slashing the shit out of both Austin and his really suddenly hot mom. Right? She gets hotter as this movie goes on, right? Tell us more of Tell a Tell me si- I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. 
Tell us more as the sweat dripped down her sensuous curves. <laughs> he wants. To I, I wonder if it's like because she's the only like viable female character in the movie to where it's kind of like you know 2 a.m. at the nightclub it's the only female that's viable so yeah she's hot nope that's not it <laughs> no she actually was pretty cute and she got cuter as her layers came off <laughs> uh, he once again wraps his furry paws around Beth's neck and just as he's about to squeeze and end her life much like the way she ended Harley and Austin's childhood innocence by marrying Mitch <laughs> Well, Austin, Sorry, Harley didn't I, I even exist when they got together because that's their kid. <laughs> Mitch, that piece of shit. I'm only human. Unlike the banana splits, I'm, I'm human. Uh, Harley shows up and tosses his magic wand that Austin got him for his birthday to Beth. And she shoves it through Flegel's oversized noggin. Banana cadaver, bitch, she said. She quips. She quips. She does. He slumps backwards with white gooey stuff pouring out of his mouth, tut on the Travis tour butt bus style. Master. <laughs> <laughs> After a big family hug, Harley tells Beth, his mom, that the show really wasn't what he expected it to be, and they all have a good laugh. Oh, Harley. Oh, God. Oh, Harley. But they aren't laughing for long, are they? They are not. As Beth and her two sons reunite with Paige and Zoe, Bingo the Orange Ape pops up out of nowhere, and he's got bloodlust in his mechanical eyes. As he approaches them, Snorky the Elephant swoops in and saves the day. Bingo and Snorky battle it out, punching one another, yanking, wiring, and tubing out of one another... Until finally, Bingo's head splits in half, just as he yanks out Snorky's gentle robot heart. Both banana splits collapse to the ground, and Harley has just enough time to tell Snorky that he'll always be his favorite before the poor old elephant drifts off to banana heaven. Interesting fact. Do you all know why in nature two elephants can't go swimming together in the same pond? No. Because I only have one pair of trunks. <laughs> I don't want it to be in my brain. Can't escape it. <sighs> Google yeah. it. Yeah, that was snarky. Google that it. Was, that look right there, that was not snorky. That was snarky. No, no you're snarky. It's out there, people. It's Google out there, it. people. Google it. What have we done? Outside the studio, there's a million cops all of a sudden. They all show up. Well, they were on their way. When the shit's, up, when the shit's all done, the cops show up. Zoe confesses to Harley that he's not as weird as she thought. She likes Harley. Yeah, I like it. Austin asks Paige for a number, but she grabs him and kisses the dweeb. That's nice. He I looked like out. And the one and only Mitch shows back up. <laughs> the Mitch, the son Mitchster. of a bitch. He's all bloody and shit from being run over by the Mitchster's banana buggy. Right. And he tells Beth, I got ran over by a banana buggy. Oh my God, look at me, I'm all bloody. 
But this experience has made me realize I want to be with you and not the hot and horny Kara, my personal assistant, who's constantly sending me titty pics. He wants to be with her. It's kind of nice. He found his purpose. He's kind of nice. Oh, Beth socks him right Tele- on the chin. Telegraphed. Drops him like a sack of rocks and tells his whimpering ass, I want a divorce. Boom. She's found her strength, boys. She's found her strength. Yeah, sure. But ladies, man, Mitch is that not five ten percent over there. I know is not going to be okay. You guys making fun of me? How long it takes me to turn my page? <laughs> Just a little. And you get your big tabs. <laughs> In the words of the great Easy E, fuck all y'all. <laughs> Ladies man Mitch is not going to be okay as he stumbles after a caravan of ambulances that are leaving him behind. <laughs> Dude, they're just racing past. He's like, help me. Help me. No, no, I'm no, blood. No, no, I got, I got kids home. in here. got kids in here. I think they could sense what an asshole he was. Uh Get this. All of a sudden, he's suddenly run over for a second time by another banana buggy. Uh, but this time, he's dead because you see him literally see just, him just get squished. It was pretty good. Yeah. I will say that this uh, run over yeah. scene was actually pretty good. Hey, speaking of Mitch, what do you call a banana who gets all the girls? What? A banana smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> it burns. It burns. Are we done yet? So who's driving the banana buggy, you ask? Who? Who could it be? I'll tell you, X. It's Poppy. Still wearing her Hootie the Owl costume. And she's piled all the banana split robots in the back of her banana car to get the hell out of there with her. As she's singing the Tra-La-La song. Give it to me. Tra-La-La-La-La-La-La-La. La la la. She's la, clearly, la, la. by the gleam in her eye, gone full batshit crazy. But even <laughs> she's then, bananas. Even then, this time with the bananas, she's gone bananas. She's gone bananas. She's totally full blown bananas. But my problem is, is like even when she's singing it, it's still not creepy enough. I don't know when she was. I don't mind this scene I, actually. I, everything with Poppy, I liked. I liked when she put on the mask and killed Carl, and I liked this scene like. She's taking cosplaying to mind-blowing new extremes. I like it. Her level of cosplay Her is level unbelievable. The warmest. Just off the charts. I like this. But I, she was uh, just kind of humming the tra-la-la song. Right. Uh, she's crazy. Yes. And while she's doing it, we go in the back of her, her banana car, and we see Flegel's eye come alive with the red dot. He's still alive. Still alive. And he's ready to regroup and rest up for the Banana Splits movie part two. I think that the... Is I, there a part two? God. Well, well, they certainly set up. Uh, I, I don't want to I don't part part of that. Say, yeah, yeah. I won't be watching. No. Todd, what are you going to say? One of the things that would have helped this scene with uh, Poppy going through there is if they would have actually included her in on the show doing some of the kills. If they would have made her a little bit more of the Banana Split Poppy uh, posse going into it. Uh, but she hated the banana splits. They killed her 
fiance. Yeah, but she went fucking bananas and, you know, she put on the owl costume, basically becoming one of the splits. So Hootie becomes... Right. She becomes Hootie. She has a little small bit in the, you know, undertunnel post-show. Kills something or something. What are we talking about here? I'm just trying to salvage this script, man. It's It's such a... It's such a... I think if she in the basement underground after show with the banana splits, if Hootie had become more like maybe she grab a like a guitar or a xylophone. <laughs> I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that this was such a unique concept. It's a cool concept. It's a good IP to do a horror thing with. It's great, great in concept. You had great actors, or not great actors, but. Yeah, some really strong actors going at this, and this is what you gave me. And I feel, as a guy who's not even a horror fan, I feel let down. I can't imagine what horror fans feel. Very true. And I'll, I'll go back to my original supposition. Never once did they explain how they were, why they had robots. I will say this. I'm like, all right, first of all, this is our Halloween episode. Drifters. Homeless people could have pulled off the shit they did on stage. Can you throw pies? Can you pretend to play a guitar? Yes. Okay. We'll give you six bucks an hour. Okay, great. Or we could develop these highly technological robots. The military hasn't even seen this technology. Yeah, that's a good point. I just want to say this on the record. I had a handful of really interesting looking horror films I could have programmed for tonight. Pagan sacrifices, killer cheerleaders, psycho clowns, even some ghost flicks. But I let you two numbnuts talk me into this movie. I hope you learned your lesson. I will never do it again. You know what a ghost's favorite fruit is? A boonana. Oh, God. <laughs> you did all that just to set that joke up. That's horrible. Oh. I mean, it's kind of impressive, but horrible. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Just can't deal with it. Okay, uh, you know what? It it had so much potential, and I think we all agree it just fell a little bit short. Uh, It didn't fell a little bit short. It fell a lot short. I'll go with Todd on that. It fell a lot short. I I was being nice. I was... I, I, I really thought that this... Potentially, I mean, it looked cool. I mean, it had the markings of a cool story. You guys were story. all on board, yeah. The trailer was fucking awesome. Yeah. But this is a concept that had no follow-through. I just, it's literally one of those things, and you see this in the game world a lot, where they'll get the license to a cool IP, and then they're just like, people are going to buy this just because of the IP. And then they don't put any meat, any no. substance, anything into the game at all. They're just relying on the IP to sell it. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought they did here. They got the Hanna-Barbera IP. They got the Banana Splits IP. And they're like, just this whole concept alone will sell the movie. And it did. I mean, we're, we're reviewing it. We paid, what, 15 bucks? But I will, I will say this. I, I will say this. I think... Fuck Manicus was my worst show that we've ever done on this podcast. Even though... Fa- Father's Day. Father's Day. 
Even though Fuck Manicus had some stuff, had some moments to where I was just like, I hate, I hate what Cade's done here. It had some artistic stuff going on. But it on. had some stuff. This, you ask me on a different day, I might say Fuck Manicus is the worst show we've ever done. On another day, this is the worst show that we've ever done. Yeah. You picked it. I know. It's a horrible movie. It, it is. There's no redeeming value You know to what it. former U.S. politician, very popular U.S. politician, who loves bananas, would probably love this movie? Who? Al Gorilla. That's not a thing. Al Gore? That's not... I know, I know, I know. I get Gorilla? it. Oh, God. Are we done? Did you, did you boys enjoy my side-splitting humor tonight? As always? Yes. <clears throat> yes, I did. I, talked my, I, I was a little under the weather tonight, and I talked myself into a full-blown sore throat. <laughs> That's because of your Alex Jones stuff. I, I think that had a lot to do with it, Todd. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a banana splits reject. She was the fifth split. She was a primate. Everyone knows it. We did it, though. We made it all the way through. We got through it, boys. And I want to thank every one of you. (laughs) Happy fucking Halloween. Happy Halloween. Absolutely. It's a pagan ritual developed by the Liberal Caucus. Nancy Pelosi. Google it. Sam Hain. Michelle Obama's penis. It's it's all there. Sam Hain? Sam Hain has nothing. <laughs> Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. We should have just rewritten that. Ancient Druid cultures would get down on their knees and bow down to Michelle Obama's penis. It's all there. Google it. You can buy a sack of 19 pounds of my own Infowars.com seed and grain. It'll keep you fed down in your shelters. TNCC 20 gives you 20% off. <laughs> TNCC does not, or TNCC 20 does not give you 20% off of InfoWars, but it does give you 20% off of FamousSmoke.com. If you want to buy the cigars that you see tonight, or buy any cigars that you Good want save. to, Good uh, go to uh, you know FamousSmoke.com, or actually go to TNCC, uh, go to FamousSmoke, buy your cigars. Plug in the promo you code. You can go to our website and click on the banner, or you can just go straight to Famous and plug it in afterwards. TCC20. There you go. By the way, join us on Instagram at TNCC underscore podcast. Hey, watch our stories. Watch our stories. They Dude, if you, just, if, you, if you were watching Facebook, you saw Cade like lift up 500 pounds. It's pretty amazing. It was. I will say this when I saw that bar bow and bend, I was like. Holy shit, I gotta stop making fun of this guy. I never made fun I'll of you. I'll crush you. <laughs> yeah, you will. He made fun of you. No, I would never hurt you. No, man. you'll lift my dead body up. <laughs> You're my friend. <laughs> uh, no, I, I occasionally, uh, you know, th- this year is the transformation of Cade. Life is about balance. And to do what we do as regularly as we do it, there's gotta be some balance. So Cade is finding his balance so I can live another couple of years. 
<laughs> after just years of unhealthy. Five years of this? I gotta do something. Well, it was pretty damn cool, so you can see that on our Facebook channel, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Correct. Uh, by the way, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, hit us on Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. And it. then uh, Twitter, at TNCC cast. Does anybody tweet on there? I don't. I don't, really. To be Still honest. Still go there. Uh, well, I mean... I will, okay. And I will use this... Uh, occasion to announce something very special for us before we sign off. <laughs> God, the Alex Jones voice. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> My is that off. The TNCC boys will be back behind the camera at the end of this year. I'm going to use this uh, date to announce it. We're going to be doing a Halloween fan film. I'm excited. Based on the Halloween film series I haven't been this pumped about something in a long time the doctor and I are writing the script it is coming along beautifully and keep your eyes on our YouTube page and our Facebook page it's going to be epic it's going to be really really good I'm really excited about it it. and google it google it (laughs) google it you sons of bitches Uh, All right. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather, you sons of bitches. Sayonara, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I woke up in bed with a foggy memory of the night before and one of my beloved childhood Banana Splits heroes sobbing quietly while lying next to me, please read my highly controversial and highly erotic Short story, From Drooper to Droopy, how I spent two hours convincing a giant fuzzy bass-playing lion that it happens to all us fellas, by Keith A. Howell. Okay, I lied. There is nothing erotic about this short story. But there could be. Hmm, wait a minute. What if in Chapter 3 I have Snorky walking into the bedroom carrying a bag of salty peanuts and a bottle of wine? Now you're cooking, Keith. Now you're cooking with gas. And uh, in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit jcnewman.com, clecigars.com, and vonsteenberg.com. That's Von Steenberg spelled the Dutch way, with four E's. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well.